Welcome to my podcast, Two Whiskies and a Cigar. I'm your host, Frankie Sabini. This podcast's sole purpose is to bring you knowledge, motivation and help within your chosen industry or sport. I'll be sitting down each week to talk to people who have either achieved a high level of success in business or sport and individuals who have amazing skills and experiences that the world needs to hear. My aim is to help as many people as I can by gaining insights from industry leaders and athletes. So please, pour yourself a whiskey, light a cigar, sit back and enjoy. Today we have Adam Stiles. Adam is a financial broker who set up his own business last year after brokering nearly £100 million worth of mortgages in 2020. Adam has been quoted in the Financial Times predicting the current rise of mortgages. As well as Adam's impressive CV, he is also a whiskey enthusiast. Adam, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Thanks, mate. Lovely to be here. That's uh, quite the intro. Did I get that right? The nearly 100 million. So, it, well, in our, so in our first year, we did between two of us 120 million, um, which might seem like a lot, which I guess it is. Um, well, yeah, a lot of work went into that. And for our first year, we were very proud. No, fucking brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Brilliant. Do you want to tell us a bit about your background, how you got into... Uh, sure. Well, yeah, so I've been a broker for 50, coming up to 16 years, actually. So that's on regulated mortgages like residential and buy-to-let, but also uh, bridging and development and commercial finance and all the kind of weird and wonderful bits in between. Um, I always find the more tricky and complex ones more interesting. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, actually, what have I done? I've, I've leveraged off number plates before. Um, what? Uh, fridges on wheels. I mean, they're they're like basically large refrigerated lorries, but yeah. so that's more asset stuff. But yeah. I always find, you know, they, at the moment I'm looking at refinancing a a 15th century country estate. It's just fun. Um, yeah. You know, like many years ago, I, I remortgaged a yacht in Malta. So it's more, that's more the asset stuff. So that is a little bit more different. But you know, you get a lot of property that it's just it's just cool. Like it's fun. Like if you like property, yeah, you just like that stuff. Every day you don't know what you're walking into, kind of thing. No, I mean, look, when you're dealing with uh, many mortgages and situations, there is, you know, it's like a conveyor belt of much for muchness. But then every now and then you get ones that you're like, yeah, that is that's awesome. Like that's just that's just. It just makes me smile. Yeah. Um, so uh, the you know the one that I saw yesterday had a castle at the front and stuff. It, it's just amazing. What's what's apart from the one yesterday? What's the best one? The best. Can you one? talk about it? I suppose best one is very. I mean that's that's difficult to say because you know best one could be the best client or it could be the largest deal or, or the most or the most interesting. Most, so, what's the most interesting one you've done? Put me on my spot. I'll have, to, I'll have to come back to you on that one. Yeah, I need to think about that. Yeah, I, I can't think of the top of my head. No. And then what I find interesting, not many people might not do, but <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? So, how did you get into sort of like financial broking or mortgage broking? Did you start with just mortgages? Yeah, I mean, the firm that I started in. Um, we we did we did everything anyway. So what you tend to find is brokerages will have you're either regulated or you're not. You don't generally do both. So 
to be able to do both, it's it's unusual in our space. What do you mean, regulated or not? So just doing your, you know, your first time buyers or someone buying their own house yeah. or an investment property, that's where they most brokers sit. Then you get the other ones that do bridging development commercial, and that's where they sit. You rarely get ones that do both. Right. So I mean, there are ones out there, but there aren't loads. So I've, I feel like as a firm, we really fill a niche. Um, and that, that's, you know, that's why we do well in terms of, we cater for everything. There's not, there's very few things that we can't do. And I, that is, that's a testament to myself and my business partner, DT. Uh, that's our strength is we, we complement each other very well. He's very strong on that, on the, you know, the buy to let and resi side. Whilst I still do that, mm. my interest and strength lies on the bridging development commercial side. So how did you get into it originally then? <laughs> so when so just before I started, so I'd so going back a bit further, I'd done my A levels, I got glandular fever. Can I use expletives? Yeah, yeah. Fuck those up. because <laughs> uh, I fell asleep during one of the exams. Sorry, and... can I just say I didn't even know what that word meant, I just said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can, can you swear? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. Sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> didn't even put GCSEs. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Well, I fell asleep during my A-levels. Uh, so I got terrible grades. And, um, uh, you know, I, I I wanted to go to uni. I kind of wanted to go to uni. So I took a year out and um, worked in Canary Wharf, actually, a year after September 11th. Um, that that was I remember the lift going once, literally the day before the anniversary, and everyone just everyone shut themselves in the lift because you're on the thirty sixth floor, yeah. and the the one year anniversary was coming up, terrifying. Mm. Uh, so worked in Canary Wharf um, doing credit insurance, um, so we did like foreign risk analysts and so a, a, a foreign risk analysis. So that would be a company in you know japan or something and here and the risk of the trade going wrong and shipping all that over where you know who has liability when and stuff like that and it would be you'd be insuring against that risk so i did that for a year went back did my a levels got the grades i kind of wanted and i went to manchester university of manchester mm. to do finance um i did two years there and decided i didn't want to finish because i just wanted to be self-employed why did you want to be self-employed? Like, what drove you to to that? Because I don't want to answer to anyone. I do, I do not like being told what to do uh, at all. Inherit like it's. I wanted to be the master of my own destiny, mm. not you know, not making money for someone else. Or I wanted to be the captain of my own ship. Where does that come from? Are your parents self-employed? Um, no. Uh, my mum, she used to do lots of different jobs, um, mainly in travel, a bit of admin. Um, and my dad, I think, was a, I think he was a freelance accountant. So, but for you know, like big companies, so he mm. would, he would only work for three months of the year and then travel. So I guess maybe there's an element there. Yeah. My grandmother ran her own business, um, and she was always very. You know, she was she was very motivational. She was a German Jew who escaped the war, um, and there was a lot of uh, I think a lot of my character comes from her. Mm. Um, just the kind of 
Just, you just is that get, your dad's side, your mum's side? No, so going, kind of going into my family uh, a bit. So she was actually, she adopted my mother. Right. Um, at a very young age, or like birth, basically. So um, it wasn't till my mum was 50-odd that she met her mum. But that, the the grandmother that I'm talking about was mm. very, she, she was there, she's always there. For me. She was so, she was my grandmother, so um, yeah. So a lot of that I think came from her. Hmm. But yeah. So anyway, so uh, I met a guy at uni who also didn't want to really. In fact, no, he was finishing his degree, so I feel like I was duped a little bit. <laughs> so he got a degree, I didn't. Um, <laughs> so obviously the irony was that I, I'd done finance, but um, we ended up going to Exeter and setting up a debt management business. In Exeter? Yeah, because he was from there. So I thought, right. yeah, you know, fuck it. We'll go down there, see what happens. Uh, it was awful. It, it wasn't great. Um, we were backed by a company that screwed us over. Uh, it, and also you're dealing with, you're effectively dealing with people's misery. Now, mm. we weren't, we weren't make, obviously you, you, you make money to a degree, but it's not like, you know, we weren't loan shop. We weren't lending money. We were trying to help people out of debt. Right. But the time that, and it came, it came a bit fractious with my business partner, and because it was just us, and we were like shit. We I remember we hired this, we rented this flat. I was on the sofa, um, and it, it, it just it well it wasn't great. Like it was proper budget. Um, I always feel like it's hard to have a business partner if you've never done anything with them before. Mm. Like I've, I've had a couple of business partners now, and I'm hands down I'm never gonna have another business partner in my life. Well, do you think, okay, but no, what you've learned there is the type of business partner you don't want to have. I've had different types of business partners. You haven't had all of them, though, because you can't say that, I mean, you obviously it's your prerogative. You can mm. say, I never want one, mm. but you can't say there isn't the right one there for you. No, there, I mean, I mean, there might be, but I've, I've had business partners who were, uh, I worked with them before, friends, started a business, didn't really know the ins and outs of them. They turned out to be absolute yeah. pricks. As in, they was using the company's money to pay for their life. Right. And we was a startup. We got a loan of three grand. So it weren't like we had a load of money. Yeah, yeah. And then before we was even making money, he was funneling it out of the company. Um, I've had another business partner who, again, I worked with. I've done a bit of IT. My very first job was IT. Don't ask me to fix your computer. I was fucking shit. Hence why I'm not in it now. What were you fixing? <laughs> I was the engineer what goes around all the Labrooks and Corals and TFL. Right. The Labrooks and Corals, I was fixing all of their betting systems, their TVs, their printers, everything IT-wise. How much training did you have on that? Fuck all. <laughs> um, I love counting that. So for the podcasters watching and listeners... Um, Alan bought this Kowleen Kowleela Kowleela for the podcast and one of the guys in the office decided to pour him a very cheap one to start with and I don't think he was very happy about it yeah well well, look I hadn't tried the whiskey before I'm trying to be really diplomatic here I hadn't tried it before it wasn't wasn't quite to what I like Um, yeah but to be fair, that was quite hard to find because usually that's been quite easy to find because it's not an expensive bottle, but I just really like it. I call it a session whiskey. And by that, I mean 
it's affordable enough that you can buy regularly mm. without wincing every time you take a sip. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Do you like peated whiskey? Yeah, I, I like this. I've tried it before. Have you? Yeah, yeah Mitch bought it. Uh, you know why? Your recommendation. Yeah, here. good. Okay, I'm glad. Glad that got some recognition. When uh, <laughs> when when he see it earlier, he Cheers, went. Mate. Yeah, what did he say? He went. Uh, That's lovely. All right. How whiskey should taste. Yeah. Uh, he went. He went. Oh, that's a lovely whiskey. When well, yeah, Adam bought it for for the podcast, but oh, he knows his whiskey's that boy. He went, that's my favourite. Norman, where'd you get it from? Here? Yeah, I got it from Adam as well. <laughs> <laughs> that that gin, can you see that gin there? The Tarbay Tarbay botanist gin in the middle, next to the Goldens. Oh yeah, the one with the castle on it. Yeah, that's my mate's. I was involved in that. I, I sort of. As in, he, they, he, that's his brand. Yeah, he distills it. Yeah. From yeah. where? Uh, it's from Winchester. Um, oh okay. Hence why the sort of like royal castle and everything on that on it is my really good friend who's Ross who's on the podcast as well. His younger brother does it. Okay. But he just again all success is relative. He's doing really well. It's won awards and everything like that. But he don't want to push it to a, a major brand. Well, you then become. You, it's a bit like the uh, you know the um, uh, the beers, the um, craft beers. Yes. You're almost selling out if you go to a major brand, but yeah. then. Game. It depends on what you want, doesn't it? No, 100%. I mean, he distills it. He does all the hard work. If I've got it in a few places, I've sold, sold quite a few bottles of it. Um, it's much lovely. It's a really nice gin. But So, um, yeah, going back to your business partners, my one, DT, um, so we, we started in mortgages when I, you know, he's been doing it a couple of years longer than me. And we, you know, we were fellow brokers and and then became friends and we've always you know he's one of my best friends he was an usher at my wedding and we've kept we've always kept in touch because we've been in the same industry and mm. we're just very good friends so we were colleagues first then friends yeah and now we're business partners so that's not to say that we we see eye to eye on everything but mm. then that's how you grow your business because yeah who's to say one is right and the other one isn't but at the same time you do need to be challenged and we are very different characters so i'm a little bit more probably fast and loose than him where he's he's quite stayed and reserved and and probably thinks about things more yeah uh but then you know yeah it just works really well yeah i, I mean i'm not saying it can't work but in my experience i've never been able to make it work mm. right but that's not to say it won't if you find the right person. Yeah, but it's, all... it, look, it's like it's like finding a life partner, isn't it? Yeah. Girlfriend, yeah. wife, boyfriend, but whatever. It, it's it's very similar. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I yeah, I, I do I do agree with that. I've never really thought of it that way. But in another way what somebody so my my old business partner, before we even got in business together, he never has business partners as well. And he always said he don't have business partners because you've got to share half the profit. That's a silly way of looking at it. Personally, I, 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 I get it, but he's like, again, he's very old school mentality, and I kind of, because of what happened now, I kind of probably. But the, okay, so the argument that. could be, you okay, you keep a hundred percent. I'm not, and I'm not mocking or suggesting your friend is doing anything wrong. Hmm. I just personally also, it is about a journey, and how great is it to go on that journey with someone else? Yeah, because yeah. you feed off each other, and it, you can't say that your idea is right all the time, it isn't. 
necessarily. But my point is, 100%, you know, okay, you get 100% of something, or you can make three times as much as there's two of you. Yeah. It's one of those things that would never be quantifiable because yeah, you, you, you're, you can't predict the future of either, either course. Yeah. So I can't say that it's wrong, but personally, yes, yeah, so, you know, we obviously, yeah, there are splits and things like that, but it's also enjoying the journey, isn't it? Yeah, look, I, I would love a business partner more than anything. I love bouncing off people. I've just maybe found the wrong ones. Well, you have every time, and it is it is very much like ex ex partners in your personal life because yeah. there's a reason why you go through that many. Okay, we're not going. Oh, yeah. We're not going into <laughs> my point is you do eventually find that right person. See, I found my right person at sixteen, seventeen. Okay, you just have to make my point completely different. <laughs> Okay, most people do. Yeah. 99.99% of the population, they go through a very different path. But yeah, yeah, you've you've definitely made a different path for yourself, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, there's no, is there ever right or wrong in anything you do? No, of course there isn't. I think as long as you're you've got good intentions. Yeah. Uh, and you know you're not there to hurt anyone or screw someone over, then. Or he used to say anything you do is right or wrong, mm. apart from the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not get into right or wrong in the law. <laughs> <laughs> no. So tell tell me about what you're you're doing currently with your business partner, who works for you. <laughs> he does, and he will love that comment. <laughs> uh, what we're doing at the moment? We're, we're trying to grow the business. Um, so you're two 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 years in. No, one year in. One year in now. Yeah, so we, we've got, potent, well, a broker starting in January, hopefully. Nice. Um, potentially another one. Look, we want to grow, we want to grow as a brokerage with brokers. That's how you grow. Mm. Um, and I don't want to be on the tools, so to speak, in five years where uh, I, you know, as a business to grow it, we can't be advising on every deal. Mm. We need advisors to do that. And yeah. Then, but we are, you know, our ethos with our business is we want it to be the last place you ever work. Obviously, not in a, not in a shady way or a scary way, uh, but a place that people feel fulfilled, um, you know, with their what they're paid, how mm. they feel, um, their mental health, everything. I, I think. How do you achieve that, though? Well, that's the that's, that's, pay, that's, pay, the, that's the million dollar it's, question. Yeah, isn't the, it? the mental health. How how do you make sure people always feel fulfilled, mentally happy? Pay is obviously a different thing because pay everyone's always going to want more, more, yeah, more, more money. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. You know, you've got self-employed brokers, for instance, who are just happy with their lot. They're happy with certain things that they earn, um, and they, they we call them lifestyle brokers. They're they're just happy with their lot. Um, you know, like let's face it, we're 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 now in a society where obviously pay is important, but it isn't the be all and end all. So that work life balance is so important. Yeah. So, um, it, it's just, okay. So I'll give you an example. So for instance, we've got a girl, uh, Kerry. I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning mentioning her. Um, she started with us in June. We had 300 applications for an admin right with four days. Muggins here read all the CVs. Um, DT got to read the filtered down ones. Um, 
but yeah, like proper CV fog after that. But the point I'm making is, <laughs> um, you know, we, we found someone really good there and uh, it, it was about, for us, it was about having the right person to fit in our business, first of all, which isn't necessarily, you know, knowing everything about mortgages. It's having the right personality and mentality to fit in with us, mm. anyway, as a culture. But then treating that person like an adult. So not sat there going, you need to be in at nine, you need to end at five, even if we've got nothing to give you, you yeah. have to sit there. And my wife had this where she worked, where um, she wouldn't have, she might not have loads to do, but she's got to sit there till the end of the day. It's like, but that's not your fault. That's whoever Sorry, is. It, it, and it's not conducive. It also, it's making that person deeply unhappy. So yeah. our view is if it's quiet, that's our fault or go home or, or do so, you know, whatever, you know, we don't, we, we are not clock watchers by any means, but when it is busy, you work mm. and we, we really mold as a team and get, get the job done. So obviously with what happened with the mini budget in the last four weeks, that was insane. That's the, that is the craziest period of my entire career. It was insane, but we all really, you know, we, so why? Well, when the mini budget happened, it was you, you people. You had people calling you all the time. You, you know, people crying down the phone. People wanting to get deals done like instantly. And it, it was there was it was it was the hardest hardest few weeks of my career by a long shot because you're dealing with very emotional people. Buying a house is a very emotional process at the best of times. Yeah. But when you're looking at a situation where in days your your mortgage payments are going up by two grand or in relative terms they're tripling that's very scary for a lot of people but you're not just dealing with one person everyone wants you to help them yeah. and it's almost like sophie's choice where you've got to decide i'm now in a situation where i can only i can only help one of them who the hell do i choose and it, I, I know that's almost sounding like you know you're a surgeon who do you say it, obviously that's that's not the case but financially who do you help in that situation because you you were in in a situation where the market was moving within hours and minutes, mm. not months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it was it was so heightened for probably two weeks, mm. um, and yeah, it was nuts. But um, my my point there is, yeah, we, we so for instance, Kerry, we knew we picked the right person because she just got on with it. But at the same time, we do like to have fun as a company. It's not we work hard and we play hard. It's not, we're not there to get the most amount of work out of someone. We're about, we're there to make sure that they're okay in their life. Because I've got young children, DT's got young children, Kerry's got young children. So we are a family business mm. that understands that there is life outside the office. Yeah. And it's, it, to be, look, we're so early. Every, every person you bring in will change the dynamic of that business. And it's very hard to keep a company culture when you grow. And I'm very aware of that. Who knows that every person we bring on, every day that goes by, it's uncharted territory. We, so in those 15 years that I've been a broker, I've always been self-employed, but it's always been someone else's business. So it's not like I've ever had any control over the marketing or who's mm. brought it, anything of that. Whereas now this is my business. I decide with DT who comes in and um, how it's run and who you know what marketing we do, what we say and what we don't say. So yeah. it's it, going back to that university of 
I'm I'm the captain of my own ship, joint captain. Yeah. So, <laughs> or is he first mate? Well, he's probably a bosun. In this, <laughs> in this scenario. Uh, he's a deckhand. Uh, and by the end of this podcast, uh, he'll be the third G. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, someone watch uh, your blow deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife will love that because uh, we've been obsessed with that for weeks. Oh, I love blow deck. There you go, Laura. Absolutely love, yeah. <laughs> love blow deck. Uh, it, yeah, love that. Captain Sandy's a bit of a hero of mine. Oh, I don't like She's Captain a... Sandy. What? I like Captain Sandy. Seriously? Captain Lee's the one. Uh, Why does no one like I love Captain Lee. Nah, he's, he's too... Nah, don't... Straight watched... down in the middle. Don't give a fuck. Captain Sandy, I find, is very... Uh, she's a great example of a leader. You're not going to agree with this because you don't like her. But she really tries to get the best out of people. No, I agree. I agree there. And she's very fair and measured. Now, yeah. I, My I, I, like is, I, I really liked Hannah. Yeah, and her treatment of Hannah wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, right. The by the by, the time Hannah got to that season, I feel that it was her time to go. She yeah. had definitely fallen out of love with yachting, and I bet walking into this room, we neither of us thought we'd be talking about below deck. Definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a boring hour about mortgages. <laughs> we still got time for that. Um, no, it was. Uh, no, I, I, I really like her management style actually. No, but she, she. Right, I, I give you that. She's really so. Have you watched it all? Mm. Well, when you say all, have you watched? We're the up to Car- season six of Below Med. Yeah. Have you watched Car- uh, the the Caribbean one? First, only the first season. Oh, you've got to watch. That's the. That's but, by the way, Chef Ben, amazing. Think oh yeah, 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 yeah. By yeah. by far. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, by far. I, I think Caribbean's the best. I think you've got the best people in Caribbean as well. They're all uh, probably a little bit nuttier, right? Uh, they yeah they are they are but you got Ben is is like unbelievable and he without spoiling this is he on a few seasons yeah he's on a few seasons comes off comes back comes okay, off comes well, back yeah, I just said don't spoil it for me you just asked if he's on a few seasons yeah he comes off comes back what, okay, what do you well, want me to say you should have just said yes what do you want me to... <laughs> you Eddie you seen Eddie that rings uh, that rings a bell was he a... he was like a was he a deckhand he was a deckhand what and then he turned chef. No, 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 no. Oh. He turns Bolton. Okay. But Eddie is by far one of my favourite people of all time on Blow Deck. Right, okay. I, honestly, you watch the Caribbean one. Right, okay. And you'll fall in love we'll with Eddie. Have, have you seen the other spin-offs? You've got uh, Blow Deck Adventure, Blow Deck Sail. Never seen... I didn't know there was Adventure. Never seen Sailing because that just looks... That don't look great to me. Well, so it's a going off 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 the edge it just looks ridiculous have you uh, well i haven't seen it but now i feel like i need to see it to tell you to watch it <laughs> well i'm not gonna watch it uh no i've watched i watched med that uh uh australia one. Ah, uh, okay i think it's one season of that maybe right no it okay. might be a few i've not seen that. that one we started watching it last year and we absolutely smashed it out yeah and we've just gone back to it because obviously there's a new season of med well uh, is this season six or seven is it see? I think it's so. The last seven. one I've watched is in Croatia. Nice no, season seven. Oh uh, no! Is that out? Yeah, but it's weekly. So what on what Sky or Amazon? What on Hey You through Amazon? I don't hey know. Yeah, hey You. I just I just got Amazon. Oh, I think it's on Amazon. Is it in Malta? Yes. Yeah, we haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, that's that's good. No, she she season six is a very good season. To be fair, I, I that really was like, brilliant. That was yeah, nuts. Yeah. I really like the crew on that. Yeah, really good crew. Yeah. No, yeah, I think Blow Deck's brilliant. 
if anyone don't like reality TV, watch Blow Deck. I don't watch any reality TV. I love Blow Deck. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah, I do watch a bit of uh, reality TV. What do you watch? Well, I'm watching I'm a Celeb at the moment. Oh, terrible. I mean, that it's not it's not really been amazing this year. Mm. Um, but it's not been for the last few years. Like since since the, that was in the castle for the last yeah three. that's that's not worked has it no that was terrible uh, this year I don't think they've got good people on it but you um, join the join join the Carolina yeah I really enjoy it man yeah appreciate it cheers cheers man but um how did COVID affect you mortgage wise or or, or brokering wise um it was fine. I mean, you've got to remember, um, so there was a couple of weeks of uncertainty and then um, they announced the stamp duty holiday. And then you're in a mm. situation where you had people ringing and saying, you know, I want to move. Why? Because I'm going to save some stamp duty. Not, right, but your, your estate agencies are more than the saving on your, on your stamp duty. Mm. Oh, I hadn't looked at that way. Now, that's only because I pointed it out. Now, there's going to be loads that didn't. Yeah. Worked out and moved them, so that no COVID was fine. You just couldn't really do much in the way of so there were occasional site visits for development finance and stuff, but no, I, I it was just a different way of living. Yeah, you had to adapt to not seeing anyone. So mm. we used to have a a Friday every Friday, uh, we'd have a, a pub quiz at the COVID Arms we called it, where me and some mates would. Just we we take it in turns doing the quiz, and then the winner and the runner, all the loser would there be forfeits, and yeah, that was, was over Zoom or yeah, yeah, over Zoom. Oh, really? And we used to do poker games over Zoom as well, which was, that's, was, weird. that's hard. Well, you go into Poker Stars, yeah. So you're in an electronic room anyway, so it's not like you've got a dealer, yeah. But you'd be on Zoom and giving each other abuse and oh, okay. stuff like that. So that was quite fun. So I I never done any of that in COVID. What did you do? What was who? Uh, well, I suppose as a firm, you're still construction doing stuff, aren't you? Still yeah. open. Yeah, we, we built this in COVID because obviously all the pubs are closed. Mm. So we built this, made a little whiskey cigar room. Um, I never had a single Zoom quiz. Like, never had a Zoom. Like, literally, I, I didn't... For me... Well, it's just business as usual for you, Business right? as usual, yeah. Wow. Yeah. With less cars on the road. Yeah. 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 I, I started a production company during... 2020. Spinny Productions. Spinny Productions. How's that going? Changed its name to FS Productions now. Oh, okay. Why? What's that? Fab's getting involved. Okay. And Fab Santino, Fabrizio Santino. Oh, well, they're both. Well, you're FS, FS. Yeah, yeah. So we're FS Productions. We're he's gonna officially launch, uh, January next year. Um, launching what? What were you doing? Like a party, or are you doing loads of stuff on social media? We was gonna do a party, but he's been cast in so many things lately that we've not even been able to sit down and talk about it. Right. Um, but yeah, so so you've got a business partner. <laughs> oh, look at that! Right. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Difference is, is we bring different things to the table. We're not. We're not doing. You've also known each other for a very long time, right? No, twenty twenty. What? Yeah, met each other during COVID. I thought you were like school friends. No. How'd you meet? Um, so, obviously people listening don't don't know this, but I'll give the backstory because people don't know. So, Peaky Blinders, Darby Sabini and Peaky Blinders is, is uh, my 
my granddad yeah. uh, in real life. So we're doing a TV series about that to show the true story of Sabini's because Peaky Blinders was a great TV series, no doubt about it, but they didn't really tell the truth of, of what actually happened with the Sabini's. Um, so we'll... We're, so upstairs, we uh, sublet out to a uh, celebrity agency. Mm-hmm. The only actor they, they had on their books at the time was Fab. We all got invited out to the premiere of La Mens 66, with who owns the agency upstairs, and then he brought Fab with him. Fab and Will obviously got talking. When I obviously told Will what I was doing, he went, do you know what you should have? You should have Fab. Fab's an, uh, like an Italian-born Londoner. Mm. Be perfect for this. So I went up to upstairs, got his number, rung, rung Fab up, and turns out that he knew my brother already. So we just hit it off. And then literally from then, we just we've, we spoke every week. Like, Amazing. Yeah. So we, we become very, very close, very quick. But yeah, we, we haven't known each other that long, to be honest. He... He was, or well, is doing, was doing a project about a race car driver, which, I mean, we've, we've got all the pitch pack for and everything like that, but we've not been able to raise funds for it. But he brought me onto that because um, he see what I was doing on Sabine, like the our pitch pack. Um, so he brought me onto that, and then yeah, I, was, I literally I was on a holiday in the summer, and he wrote me up and asked me if I wanted to be his manager. <laughs> so. Really? I, Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm his. Why haven't you his old manager? He never had one. Ah, oh. never had a manager. He had an agent, but not a manager. Right. I, I, he asked me a couple of times. I said no, a good few times. So I've got. I ain't got the time. I'm then become his unofficial manager. Never so like Ari Gold. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'm gonna like run around shooting paintballs at people. <laughs> um, I love that show. So, so talking about that show, Rob Wise, who wrote that, is. Got an LOI to write Sabini as well, so like we, awesome. yeah, we 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 move it, we move it, but um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not been that, like not been that long with Fab, but so we started the business, well we're going to start the business, so I already had a production company. He's an actor, so he brings that talent to it. I'm a writer, I yeah. write scripts. Yeah, I bring that side to it, and yeah. I bring the creative to it. So what I write and what I create, he's in. But he also knows a lot of people within the industry. I know some people within the industry. It it works well. We're not we're partners, but we're not James like, as well, isn't it? Well, yeah, James has got his own as Cape Film, so we'll be work. So James said to me a little while ago, we'll be uh, we'll be rivals for Oscars one day. But I said to him, we won't be because everything I do, I'll get him to do. I'll get him to direct. So <laughs> we'll we'll be fine. We'll be there on the journey. Yeah, as in like so so James has been my friend since we was like. 10. Mm. I've been friends with James for like 20 odd years or so. So that's obviously a long, long relationship. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. But as I said, Fab's, Fab's had loads of opportunities recently. So we've not actually been able to talk about how we're going to launch the business. Yeah. But we want to do a party. We want to get everyone there. It's very exciting. So obviously with what you're working on now, but mm. obviously all the other opportunities that come with that. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just... I need one to land. <laughs> I need one to la- I love what I do in a sense. I love. I can I can be on the phone and I can be talking about. Someone rings me up. I've got the the, the maintenance business, right? So shut home facilities. Someone rings me up. They've got a blocked toilet. 
like, no one wants to be talking about blood toilet. Next thing, I've got someone ringing me up and saying, and, and this is a true conversation, uh, a, a very, very well-known hotel in West London is up for sale. Frank, got this up for sale. I'm brokering it. Do you want to jump on it so you can get it? Next thing I know, I've got a Chinese billionaire family talking to me about buying this. Next thing, I've got someone talking to Netflix about something. Well, I'm, I'm the, like it's well, my, still on hold to someone with a blocked toilet. Yeah, <laughs> my whole my whole day is so random sometimes. But that's fun, right? I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And like people always say to me, like, why just pick something and just stay here? can't do it I, yeah. I want to do everything but that's also for, okay we've not known each other for loads and loads of time but i do feel your the way your mind works is you find interest in lots of different things and you see where all of those things go yeah i remember so when i first started in what 2007 so at that point i i was working for the surrey chambers of commerce and running a horse-drawn carriage business yeah very random. So I was doing each part time. Yeah. So the the my boss Caroline at the Surrey Chambers of Commerce, basically after a, t- a time said, "Look, Adam, you're really shit at this. You are terrible. Uh, but what you would be good at is what my son does, which is work in financial services. So I think you should probably probably go and work with him." Uh, and that was. One of the nicest things anyone in my career has done for me, mm. um, because, and we're still really good friends. Since I think, well, I don't, I don't want to say here how old, how old she is, but she's an older lady. But she did so much for me in my confidence, and uh, well, I wouldn't be doing what I do now without her. So I, I worked in the network. There were three thousand advisors in this network, and her son was one of the directors. And I think I had six interviews for this firm. And at the end, they said, look, you're not getting any basic. It's self-employed. We're giving you no leads. But there's a computer and a laptop. Sorry, a computer and a phone. Off you go. So it was very much in the deep end. But we we were t- basically being self-employed and not knowing anything about the industry you're in was kind of interesting because you're like, right, I just need to get some deals in here. So there would be like, I think there was like eight eight or so people in their 20s all guys and the director would say right it's lunchtime go to the pub for the afternoon and go and find clients and this would happen three or four times a week and this was pre-crash it was yeah you wouldn't do that these days for a whole host of reasons but we would be in the pub most afternoons trying to find clients and it was very, it was a very raw way of trying to find clients because you're kind of, you, it's you were literally finding people off the street to talk to. <coughs> and then the crash happened, and then I earned about ten percent of what I did the previous year Brilliant. for a, like a number of years. It was not great. It wasn't great. So w- what year was that? Well, I started in two thousand seven, and then two thousand eight the crash happened, yeah. and. Yeah, it wasn't great in mortgages. So when did it start picking it back up again? Probably 2010. So yeah, two hard years. How well, old did you do? Three. Sorry? How old did you? I was 23 when I started. So, and I think there was some stat like 90% of brokers left the market in a year. Probably. It was it was nuts. So I got. Did that start... not help though? 
massively because my view was the market was going to turn around. Mm. Everything's cyclical in the market. So as long as I stuck at it, stayed where I was, all those brokers that left, I'm just going to get all their clients. Yeah. And also in that time, I can really learn my craft mm. in knowing what lenders do, how they structure, what, you know, different ways. And that, that, that was probably the best decision I made was to stick at it. So what drives you to, to do what you do? Like what drove you back then? What drives you now? Uh, what drives me now is my family, my children, my wife, my, my family. It's, it's, it's uh, I know where I want to be at the end of my career, but when I started, it was that want of feeling successful and feeling proud of what I do and where I got to or yeah. where I was going. So what was success for you back then? Um, probably go, like eating in nice places and nice holidays. Not, not dissimilar to when you're running your comedy club. Yeah. Was it literally just, you know, just enjoying life. Like as a 20-something-year-old tw and, mm. yeah, going to nice places, eating well and going on nice holidays. That's kind of all I wanted to do. And whilst it was a struggle, I was still able to do it, even though the market wasn't great. I was still able to do it, but then you're, I suppose you're, like, as you get older, your reasons for doing anything, your motives and, and your, your yeah. goals change. Of course they do. You, you mature and, mm. um, yeah, your life goals completely change. I still want to live in a castle at some point. Yes, I do. With a mum. <laughs> yeah. With no neighbours. <laughs> it's funny because when you say, like, your life goals change. When I was about 15, my goal was to be able to walk into a restaurant and not look at the price on the menu. Okay. Which obviously I, I, I don't now. But how, like, it's it's weird how it changes so quickly. You get to that point and also like, well... That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, yeah. It was, yeah, recently... Recent, yeah. I, 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 I can see where you're coming from there. But you've you've actually physically said that's what I wanted to do but yeah I, I can see where you're coming from there there's certain things you you aspire to at that point of your life mm. and then you don't now because they're just not important yeah well I, I just I, I remember but at that time they're so important oh so and many times it is an ego thing you know you want to say you want to you want to show everyone how successful you are and or at least appear to be successful mm. because that's how you become more successful. Whereas we know that's not the case. You are mm. only successful by your own measure and shouldn't be measured by other people. Obviously, yeah. living in the world that we are, that measure is if you only need to open up any social media app and that's what everyone perceives success to be. And yeah, you're in Dubai every week and you're driving a nice car. But, you know, what success could be measured in so many different ways. And yeah. It's having, it's not having that benchmark for someone else. When you, when you do die, your only measure is yourself. That, mm. that can only physically be the only, literally the only measure. Yeah, I, I remember. I want to say Eminem, but I don't know actually who said this. But I feel like it's Eminem for some reason. But if you aim for the stars and you only reach the sky, you've still done pretty well. I'm trying to think who that is. It sounds familiar, but so right. Yeah. Right. And 
And actually, if you're a driven person, you almost want to have a target that you can never reach because that's what drives you to get there. My targets, I don't think maybe the top three richest people in the world will ever meet my targets, what I want to get to. But if I don't get there, I get halfway there, I'm still happy. But that's been a good carrot on the stick, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I, I want to live on a yacht. 100%, I want to live on a yacht. Simple as that. I want no no neighbours. <laughs> well, that's on a yacht, you, quite, you can literally just move the bloody thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I want no neighbours. Um, I've always wanted a castle with a moat around it. Or ever since I was a really, really little kid. Is the yacht on the moat? It's not, but that'd be a bloody big moment if it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I want, an, I want my own island. When I have you ever read "Screw It, Let's Do It" by uh, Richard Branson? No. So when I said about the comedy shows, it probably subconsciously come from reading his book. Okay. So his whole motto is "Screw It, Let's Do It." Mm. Right. Someone gives an idea. If it sounds right, yeah, screw it, let's let's do it. Let's give it a go. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? And that's how I've lived lived my life. But when I read his book and he, so do you know how he bought his first item? Like, do you know? Do you know? Sorry. Do you know why he started Virgin Airlines? I read his I read his autobiography many 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 years ago. So the answer is what you're going to tell me. Remind me, but I can't think for the life of me right now. So he bought his, sorry, he started the airline. Well, they, I know the island was like 300k and it was like literally like mosquito ridden yeah. island, right? And every time he'd done another deal with Virgin uh, Virgin Records, yeah, he built another house. So every deal he'd done with Virgin Records, he built another house on it. But the airline, so he wanted to take his missus on holiday, didn't have enough money. So he convinced a estate agent to sell islands that he had enough money to buy an island. So they flew him out to these islands. They flew him around each island, showing him these islands. So we had a basically all-inclusive holiday of these unbelievable... Basically a private jet. Basically. Going to these remote, unhabitated islands with his missus and then put up in a hotel the night because they thought he was going to buy one. (laughs) By the way, at the end of the week or day five or so, they realised he actually didn't have the money to be able to buy an island. So I just cut him off. I said, "We're not. You're, you're at this hotel. You've got to go home." So he was like, "Shit, what do I do?" So like, they've gone to the airport. I thought, right, I've got to fly home. Been been a nice trip while we were here, but got to fly home. The airline was delayed. What they was flying on. So he chartered his own aeroplane. On the back of what? Uh, so he found a aeroplane company who would come pick him up and take him to the UK. And how was he paying for this? Wait for it. Because there's so many other people who was also waiting for an He airline, got them to pay for it. He turned around and said, I can get a flight back to the UK. It's going to cost X amount of money per seat. Either you wait here for another 24 hours or we can go in two hours. And he got enough people to pay for a seat on the flight where he could charter a plane to get back I've to the UK. I've never heard that story. That's amazing. Screw it, let's do it by Richard Branson. Read it. That's very and that, And then he thought... Well, that was easy. <laughs> I could do that. And it's like his own airline. Obviously, a lot more hopes he went for his own airline. But that, that is what gave him the idea. He started a, a long way away from that, mm. but he, that gave him the idea to start his own airline. Do you feel that you replicate that in many ways? Because what I find with you is you're, you are very impulsive. So 
if you like something, you just, well, you screw it and you do it. Like, you just get on and do it. Mm. You, you, I find that you, you like an idea and you see where it goes. 100%, which really winds my missus up. Sounds terrible. And oh, my missus family doesn't understand it as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's the first time her name's ever been said on this podcast, so she's going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Whatever you do, however well it goes, do not mention my name. No. She's got no interest in it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I have always... My dad's had his own businesses. My mum's always worked for somebody. My brothers have always had their own business. My brothers and my dad... So I've got five brothers. Three of my dad's from a previous marriage. Two of my mum's from a previous marriage. I'm the only one together. So the... Three brothers from my dad's side, the Sabini side, have never worked for anybody. They've always done their own thing. And I always knew I was going to do my own thing. But I obviously always thought I was going to be acting. Didn't think anything else. Yeah. Um, and I see my mum's side always worked for people. And they, was like, they got home at a certain time. They were shattered, and miserable, didn't like their jobs. Good jobs, don't get me wrong. They both did very, very well for themselves. But didn't like their jobs. Always could probably do better so my whole thing was i've got one half of the family who work for people one half who don't work for people who looks happier the half that work for mm. people so for me it was like i don't know what i'm gonna do when acting didn't like was not an option it was like oh, i've just got to try everything can i and then i read that book and kind of really cemented yeah like already what i know yeah. let's just do it give yeah. it a go what if it, if it don't work who cares Right. I think were? when you certainly when you're younger or you've got no responsibilities, it's it is very easy to do that. Mm. And then so when 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 I did start in mortgages and there was no basic and no leads and I made that conscious decision of A, that's why I dropped out of uni mm. was to not work for anyone. But then also I I've got nothing to lose here. All I I, I only mm-hmm. need to survive on one pack of noodles a day. And that, that's all I need. And obviously, well, was I, who was I living with? I think I was living with my grandmother at the time. Maybe. I don't know. But, I, you know, I didn't have loads of overheads. I didn't have no responsibilities. That was the time I was going to do it. Mm, 100%. I'm so glad I did. But then I, did, I find it very... I totally understand the people who, you know, they've got wives, kids, mortgages. That is yeah. so hard. It's it, so hard. I tried a lot more back then than I do now. I'm lucky in the sense that I've got parents who support me. I'm lucky in the sense that I've got a missus who supports what I do. She's got no interest in listening to podcasts, but she supports what I do. She doesn't think she'll listen to any of them. No. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I really don't. I think I think she'll find my voice cringe on the podcast. I really do. Um, I think my wife will too. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I know there'll be certain friends who... In, he will go, do you know, I'll give this a go. And my brother Mark will be, that was horrendous. Seriously, I yeah. that's one of the most cringe things I've ever seen. My wife will also say that, and a lot of my close friends. So I've got an intro for this. I recorded it. Everybody has said they, oh, it's a really good intro. Well done. Is this a generic one or for this? Oh, no, generic, generic. Okay. My missus and my mum are both saying I like it. <laughs> got to re-record that I'm not I'm not do you know how long it took me to do it without stumbling do it right now what was it oh, I don't I, I honestly I don't remember. I think I sent it to you I'm not a signature no you've sent me nothing you've just said turn up with a bottle of whiskey and let's chat 
I didn't say with a bottle of whiskey. I told you what whiskey I had, and you took that upon yourself to bring your own whiskey. Yeah, because it's terrible whiskey you've got. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not like Proper 12? Uh, it, it was all right. It's not something I'd buy. Do you not think you'll buy it just because of the background of it? Just to have it in the cabinet? No, it's, it's... I'll always have, and it's a God's nature, I'll always have a bottle of monkey shoulder and a bottle of proper 12 in my cabinet. No okay. matter what, right. always. Proper 12, because I love McGregor. So that's not even the actual product, it's the person who made it, love McGregor. Okay, go on. You talk about salesman, best salesman ever. Well, clearly, because you're buying stuff that you don't actually... McGregor... You're buying it because it's him. 100%. Why would you not love McGregor? He... Well, no, it's not so much... Not so much I don't like him or not. I don't know enough about him. Are you saying that like McGregor? I didn't say that. So I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but to, to stock his merch you, I mean, he's really sold you. Oh, he sold, he's, he's sold me to the max. So why the monkey shoulder? Monkey shoulder's the first whiskey I ever had that so I So it's enjoyed. a sentimental one more yeah. than anything else? Yeah. You're going to start stocking that? I, I am. I am. And I actually did want to buy this before, to be honest with you. Um... But again, I've got I've got a lot of whiskies. Well, I'm not probably yeah, I've not seen as good them. as that. Yeah, not as good as that. Uh, granted, I love whiskey. I, I love whiskey more than anything. Hence why I have two whiskies and a scar. Probably not that standard. Well, they're not that standard. But at the same time, I kind of get a little bit... If I like a whiskey and it costs a certain amount, why am I going to buy a whiskey that costs more? I've not had a really expensive whiskey to make me then... Yeah, I can understand that. But at the same time, there's certain whiskies you're like, I mean, that costs a fortune. And it's it's awful. Mm. And I think sometimes people think because it costs more... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like wine. There's some awful wines that cost oh, a yeah. lot of money. And again, it comes to personal preference. But then you've got that subconscious thing of, well, it's worth more. It must, you know, it must taste better, but so it's not the case, is it? I went to a whiskey tasting thing a few years ago. Another tangent, but um, I had Highland Park. Shit. Do you like it? No. Shit. <laughs> Fucking awful whiskey. It's like paint stripper. Oh, it was disgusting. And it was like the most expensive whiskey at this whiskey tasting thing, there right? You go. And I'm sitting there. I'm, take, I'm like, that is. Awful. And one one of the guys go, Oh yeah, that's really good that is. The guy go, Yeah, that's the most expensive whiskey. I'm thinking if if I've got monkey shoulder, which is not the best I know it's not the best whiskey in the world. I know it's not, but it's the first one that introduced me to whiskey. Yeah. Apart from drinking straight Jack Daniels when you're a kid and yeah, fucking yeah. so Ours was bells and cake. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've never had bells. But um so I had that, and I was like, why am I going to pay more when the products I like are less, kind of thing? But that, that's the thing. So, for that, that for me... So, how is, much is that? Uh, it's usually about 35. That was oh, six, But that was 60 today, just because I was in a pinch and I need to buy it from somewhere. But there is also a big supply issue with all the raw ingredients for even whiskey making. So, for instance... I would say on a level with that, I like Lagavulin 16 at the same amount. That same bottle, Lagavulin 16, which is usually in the 30s, was £120 today. What? Because of supply issues. 
Jesus. So I think whiskey has been one of the best asset classes to be in for many years. And I think with the raw materials and the output of these distilleries over the last two, some of these bottles are going to go way up, way up. Do you invest in whiskey as well? Yeah, I've got quite a large whiskey collection. Yeah, because yeah, well, actually during COVID mainly, I bought quite a bit at, I'm going to say how much because my wife might watch this, but I did <laughs> I did buy quite a lot at, at auction. Um, but by the barrel or bottle? No, by the bottle. But so, but my knowledge of whiskey only really came from uh, a trip a few years ago to uh, Isla, and obviously on Isla you've got um, you've got Brook Laddie, you've got Kilkerman, you've got Ardbeg, you've got uh, Lefroig, uh, what's the and Lagavulin. You've, there's nine on there, and I went with uh, a friend from school and uni, and another guy from uni. Uh, and it was, it was, do you know, it's one of the best weekends I've had, full stop. Really? Because it was, you know, we get on, we, we get on very well. And to actually to get to the island, you fly to Glasgow and then you fly on like a 20-seater prop, twin prop plane to get to the island from Glasgow Airport on, um, oh, what's the airline called? Oh, what's it called? It's like Air Scotland, it's not quite Air Scotland, but it's, like the plane's basically tartan. I mean, it's <laughs> it's incredible. Um, we 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 hired a cottage there, and you can walk from Port Ellen to you go to uh, Lefroig, and then Lagavulin, and then Ardbeg, and it, I think it's something like twelve kilometres, something like that, but one way or the other. Um, and there's like three taxis on the island. So when you've ordered one more than once, I'm like, oh, you again. <laughs> but it's big enough that you can walk around. It, it, it's, it's good for hiking. The food's great. And there's loads of whiskey. What's not to love? Yeah. But you get there's certain expressions of whiskey there that you will never have anywhere else. So there's a bar, there's a, there's a hotel there that stocks a lot of the really, really rare stuff because they're one of the only places on the island that can sell whiskey outside of a distillery. Mm. And that's just what my my favourite ever whiskey was um, or is Ardbeg Alligator. There was only ever eight thousand bottles made, and it is the nicest thing I've ever tried. Really, it's just incredible. So I was buying some of that at auction because at auction you can buy at a better price than retail. And I know once I've got it, I to, like the rule is you buy one to drink, one to yeah. keep. I just keep them with, and I I rely on something like Kaolila, which I really really like, and it's nowhere near as ex- as expensive, so that I can kind of not do that. Although I have said to the two guys that I went with that at some point we will open a bottle of alligator because that. How many you got? Two, three. I've got three bottles of alligator. How much are they? <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We, look, we're not talking stupid money, but um, you know, it's uh, it's an investment. What 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 thing in your life makes you open one of them bottles? Because you're married, you got kids. I didn't open for either any of those. I so did, I've, what, I've had, I've been married, I've had 
Melody, I've had Avery, and now I didn't open. I think, well, to be fair, at the time, obviously, when you have a child, you're kind of preoccupied. You're not thinking about how can I drink. <laughs> you're thinking about how do I sleep. Yeah. So it's kind of partially there. When I, I've never opened any decent bottle of whiskey for an occasion. You're not ever. So I don't know what that could be. How long have you known the guy from school? What, the one that I went to Isla with? Yeah. Oh. 25 years? Got to be a 50-year friendship. No, we'll probably do it, you know, in the next year or so. Just yeah? Because it's... But... Just, I don't know. We're, like, we, we shared it together. And actually, one of the other guys, he's a pilot for a, a, a large airline. And I said to him, if you refer me enough pilots, then beyond a certain amount, then it's completely cost neutral to me. So we might as well open it up. So uh, might as well work it, make it work for me. It's nice one in, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry about the break. We're back. Um, we're, we were just talking about passions. What do you want to do passion-wise? Where do you want to be? That is not where I thought that question would go. Uh, <laughs> where do you want to be? Um, I want to be somewhere. I don't know. I love travelling. Love travelling. Yeah? Yeah. Where's your favourite place in the world? Favourite place in the world? That's a good one. I think my favourite place in the world is Calpe in Spain. Okay. Do you know what? Nope. I live there. Where's Calpe? So it's a little fishing village in Spain. I lived there till I was eight. Where are we talking geographically, like north uh, south? Where are we? 40 minutes south of, I guess it was the closest airport. Right. Um, yeah, that's my that's home. Really? Like, yeah, I got bought out there. That's, that is literally home for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what, why does it feel like home? Like a small fishing village in Spain is not where I thought Frankie Sabini would be oh, man, most a, at home. I'm a country boy. Yeah? I'm a country boy. Um... I don't like people. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the best person around a lot of people who I don't like. Okay. Uh, people I like. I'm. I'm. I, I, I am safe in here, right? Um, we, we are in a basement with a, a reinforced there's door. A, there's a couple of guns. And there's the a couple of guns. So uh, no, brilliant. I just guns that have been decommissioned. Yeah, definitely been decommissioned. I mean, I'm assuming that. I've looked at the... That one's been decommissioned. When you see it, they've been decommissioned. That one's an air rifle, so that's legal as well. Okay, so that's fine. fine. Yeah, um, caveat that. No, it's... Uh, I... I am a very protective person. Very, very, very protective person. And this is what I've learned, I think, over the last couple of years. Me, as a, as, as a person, I... I only love a certain amount of people in my life. I only care for a certain amount of people in my life. And I'll protect them till the day I die. But mm-hmm. I'll do anything for certain people. If you're out of that, I struggle a little bit. Like, don't get me wrong. People can come into that circle. Mm. Like, you, you did. You come into that circle. Thanks, mate. That's right. Um, like, Fab come into that circle. Like, people can come into that circle. What I mean is, like, I very have a low tolerance for people who I don't like. So, for me... Hold on, is that don't like or don't know yet? No, no, I'll give everyone a chance. I'll give everyone a chance. I do give everyone a chance. But it's very... 
in the first, you only can make one first impression, right? That first impression is important to me. So if you don't make a good first impression, I oh, know I'm not going to like you. Where's his week first, mate? King's Ed. Mitch brought you for Inner Circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting. Wasn't quite what I was expecting. To was be it not? No, well, no, I wasn't expecting to be grilled by three people. But, you know. So, so how did it go then? Well, we're here now, aren't we? So I no, but, well, but, but you was expected to be grilled by three people. Like, in, in your eyes, what, what happened? I thought it was a chat. I didn't realise it was an interview. And it was an interview. Sure. Yeah, that. of course it was. Because it was a very select group that you were forming and, mm. you know, you had questions to be asked. I remember Mitch going, and mention this, mention, oh, what is going on here? Why do I need to mention this? Yeah, very <laughs> surreal. Very surreal. But, you know. I thought, I thought it was good. We've done well. Well, thanks. Well, I'm in the group, so I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for everyone listening, we started a networking group um, certain parameters so you've got to be under 40 and not a dickhead basically and I'm very I'm on the cusp of one of those so I said I said to uh, I said to Ross um, who's going to be on one of the first ones to be released but I have a list of 40 people in my network who I want to come on this podcast and it's not just 40 friends it's, it's 40 business owners mm. celebrity stylists um, boxing trainers, boxers, athletes, like yeah. a, a 40 people within my network um, who I really want to get on the show. Some of one of them's been in EastEnders, want to get on. One of them's known as one of the best trainers in England, boxing trainers in England. So I've got a good select of people. But the first lot of people, which you was going to be the first one, but you fucking blew me out. So you're not, you're not. Because I'll be the first one. You was going to be the first one, yeah, but you blew me out. So now riches. Um, <laughs> but I've got a select first lot of people I wanted to bring in before everybody else because I knew how hard this was going to be mm. and how I knew that the personality of the person and the acrements. Is that the right word? That's not the right word, is it? If I know the word, I'll know what he's trying to say. So attributes attributes okay the attributes of the person what they've done and yeah. what, what they're about will help me grow this bigger do you know what I mean so I've got 40 people in my network I'm going to use but if I use some of them the first couple of episodes are going to be probably boring and not great do you know what I mean mate as I, I think I said to you earlier I know like this is my first podcast so mm. I know that this is going to be really shit I know it is but <laughs> You, and I'm not saying that you as a host are shit because I feel like we, we're having a lot of fun. I think that you, when you, whenever you do anything new like this, which is way out of my comfort zone, probably not as much for you, but you, you kind of, you learn your craft. And mm. I, from what I can tell from anyone who does this sort of thing, it's, 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 uh, you hone your craft. You, you know when to probe, when not to probe and things That's, like that. So, yeah, that's the hardest thing for me. Like, this has been a very easy podcast because we're just chatting how we always chat. Well, I know, but I don't know if people are going to find this easy to probably not follow it's or probably, listen to. Probably the worst. Pretty, yeah, two minutes in ago, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking talking about mortgages. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> 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 
Well, my brother's going, you didn't mention me once. I have now, Mum. So What's your mum's name? Tammy. Big up, Tammy. <laughs> Big up, later, Mum, there. <laughs> yeah, Laura. Laura, love you, Laura. Who's Laura? Okay. My wife. Oh, is it? What do you mean? I, think, I actually didn't know your missus' name. You bloody do. No, you always said, love my life. What? You've always said, refer to missus, love my life. You never said Laura. Okay. See what you're doing there. That's well said. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's, it's, it's very hard doing this. And the whole reason I went and do this was because as I, said, well, I, have, I have a massive network, a mm. huge network. Like, again, I said, uh, I don't know if I said this on the podcast or just personally, uh, I've got someone who wants to sell a really big hotel in West End. Like, that, them kind of things don't come to normal people. I've got such a big network and interesting people within my network that I want people to tell their story. Like, you're a little bit different. You've got two more podcasts this month because, I mean, you're in the Financial Times now, so you're a bit of a big deal. But, uh... <laughs> yes, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, I mean, I, I, have, I have people in my network who I think deserve to have their voice. And I don't think I deserve to have my voice out there in such... There's a lot more people in my network who have done so much more than me and so much better than me. But I, I think you're you're massively underplaying you as a person. In terms of you're 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 ve- personally, I've not met any. I've never met a Frankie before. <laughs> I haven't. I, I think you're very unique in that regard. And you are. I don't know. I think you're you're an extremely talented individual who is going to go. I've told you this so many times, and I am going to say this. This song, I think you're going to go so far. I think you're. I think the sky is wherever you decide that sky is for you. I'm pretty sure because you have that drive and you've got that fire in your belly, and it's mm. and that's apparent to anyone that meets you. No, I, yeah, I I do I appreciate I really do appreciate that, and look, I I hope so. I've got goals I want to reach, but. Also, I like like yourself, for example. I Which, was, by the way, I, I never understood why you've invited me on this. Very flattering, but you know a lot of lovely people, very interesting. People. Yeah, but you said you said this. I'm I'm a finance guy. I don't, I look without sounding too self-deprecating. I I I I haven't got much to say. Like I I like the finance world and mortgages, which is very dull. But you know, I, I'm I'm very flattered. To be honest, so I really appreciate it. So, again, the reason why the reason why I wanted you on this as one of the, the, the sort of first lot of people is because you are a finance guy. You know more than the average Joe. You built a bit. You, so this whole podcast is is the mentality of building businesses, how you got to where you are. Not even businesses, the mentality of becoming successful. There's so many people in this world. I think especially this day and age of everything what's gone on with COVID. The, the 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 crashes the the Brexit everything what's gone on everything's been a hindrance to to everyone what they've done business personal everything and you've got a lot of people who want to sit there and go I want to do my own thing but they don't know, they might not know what they want to do or they might not know how they want to start it there might be someone out there who wants to start a brokerage who then listens to you and go well, you, you didn't get a degree. You didn't do this, but you've still done it. How mm. did you do that? Well, you've done this and done it that way. But I'm going to invite um, 
a celebrity stylist on. There's going to be someone out there who's going to be want to be a celebrity stylist. How do I become a celebrity stylist? The Brad, the cage fighter turned boxer, George, the the boxer. It's always for me how you become what you become, and you've got yeah yeah you've got your own business. That in itself is a miracle. To have your own business and support your your life with your own business is a miracle in this world. Mm. And, and I do honestly believe that. I don't like I I respect people so much who just take that plunge and just just I want to do that. I'm gonna do it and then and then do well with it. As we, we spoke about before, and, and I've spoke about before previously. I've had a lot of foul businesses, like loads of foul businesses. A certain type of person, if they have one foul business, I will never try again. Mm. That's not the way I want. I want people to listen to my podcast and be like, "I failed at that, but who gives a fuck? Mm. This is next idea. Let's let's have a go." Like my mate Brad, who's episode number two, cage fighter, could have been, and hand down, could have been the UFC champion of some sort. The, the guy, talent, Brad's talent is is unbelievable. He trained with, with Jules St-Pierre in Canada. And Jules St-Pierre said how good he was. Right? He's ridiculously good, like, talent is. He fucked his career up by abusing alcohol, abusing drugs. Fucked it up completely. He's now a, 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 a turned turn professional boxer. Had his first fight, first boxing fight last weekend, won in, in 91 seconds, which is really irritating because I told everyone he was going to win 90 seconds. Fucking missed out by That's a second. That's incredible. Missed out by a second. That's annoyed me a bit. But, like, so what I mean is, like, he, people who are going through shit, he's going through the, the, uh, the, like, the AA now, uh, alcoholic numbness, yeah, yeah. going through the steps understanding why he does what he does and he just wants to help people and the, one of the biggest reasons he wants to help people is because Tyson Fury has helped people in like the 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 the, the mental side of things the, the addiction side of things so if i can if i can help somebody on their path help the, if they can watch a Brad and then realize what they can achieve even though what they're doing now well they listen to you and become a, a financial broker or, or become successful in what they want to do because they've listened to you or listen to any of my guests like Denise a few mm. weeks uh, last week a few weeks ago she's very spiritual I'm I'm very scratching the surface of, of spirituality she's very very spiritual very out there for a lot of people a lot of people might not like what she what she, she stands for but a lot of people might if they can help if she can help one person mm. through my podcast, for me, that's that's a win. Yeah. And that's literally the only reason I'm doing it. Everybody I'm writing on is because I think they've got a story to tell and I, I think people that. can benefit. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I love that. And that's why you're on it as well. Oh, thanks. I don't no, know. But, no, but you... I don't know what's come across, but that, that's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, You love whiskey. All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Oh, but yeah, it's, it's, as I said, like you... You got in the Financial Times. You 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 done a tweet. You got in the Financial Times. That achievement's incredible. 
Right. No, but it is. It's incredible. And I know how good you are. Right. So, Fab, I, I, we spoke about him a lot today, but Fab, very good friend of mine, future business partner, we we had a conversation uh, last year, and there's um, there's a celebrity stylist. I'm not going to say names, so I, I really want to get her on the podcast. But I created a TV show for her to present, right? I only done that because I know she's going to be a star. I know she's going to do well. I've known this girl for years and years. I've known this girl since I was eight years of age, right? Why can't you get her? Is she coming on there? I've not asked her. Okay. I've not asked her. Um, again, like, I really want her on, but I want to show her the concept before we get. Uh, I get her on. I don't want her to come in and be like, like she, she's good at what she does. She's very good at what she does. I want to be like, this is what I do. This is how I'm doing it, and then get her on that way. But like, Fab said, like, he went, you see talent, and that's the thing. I see, I, I do see people are good at what they're doing. I want to, I want to help nurture them. I don't, I don't, I don't need. Like, I don't want to be one of these people where I'm like, I help them. I don't care about that. I just want them to be the best they can. Mm. I want to help people, and if I can help, if 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 from the back of this you get a few people coming to you for financial advice or, or, or bridge loans or mortgage advice, things like that. I've helped you. But I've also helped people listening to you to become what they want to become. Yeah. My whole thing, as I said before, I'm, I'm a very protective person. My, my whole personality is, is being a protector. Part of being a protector is looking after people's best interests. Your best interest is obviously your business. I want to help look after and help you grow your best interests. Thanks, mate. No, it's like, rightly or wrongly, it's, it's worked against me being a protector a lot of the time as well. But <laughs> I thought, look, you, you, well, it, you, you pick and choose who, who you look after, right? And sometimes that's a right call and a wrong call to make. Yeah, obviously. Um, it is a right and a wrong call. But you well, I always take the view of you're only proven wrong till you're proven wrong. So... I trust people until they give me reason not to. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the best way to be. There's people that go the other way that, but then you're very insular and you're very guarded and, you know, that's not, not necessarily a great way to be, but I just like to get on with everyone and yeah, until I don't. When I said I find it hard to be around people I don't like, it's not because I'm not giving them a chance, it's because... I'm so protective or so forthcoming with people I do like. I can't give that time to people who don't deserve it. Do mm. you know what I mean? So, as I said, but I, I want to touch on the, the Financial Times thing, but like, I always knew. I So, I only mess or I only, I only fuck about or I only talk to or I only mess about and, and be friends with who I think are going to achieve good things in life. Not because I want to be there when I... like. Not because I want to say I'm there kind of thing, just because for me and and the personality I've got, I want to be around the best. If I didn't think you was good at what you do, I tell everyone you're the best. I I tell everyone you're the best, right? Well, thanks, mate. If I didn't think you was good at what you do, I wouldn't I wouldn't waste my time. Mm. And I don't mean that in a in a prickish way. I really don't. It's just. Everyone's got their goals to achieve. When you waste time on people who don't deserve it or 
are sucking your energy, you're only you're you're only failing yourself because you can't become what you want to become because other people. I could your not agree more on that. And you do have your energy suckers. Totally 100%. agree with that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fantastic point. Hundred percent, right? So I always know. Cheers, cheers, man. I always know you'll be. You'd be. People see how good you are. Always know. Obviously, a month ago, was it? Two months ago, a month ago, using Financial Times? Uh, literally five days after the mini budget. A week. Whatever it was. Yeah. So, mm. t- like, t- tell me about that. Tell me, tell me what you said, how you got the opportunity to be quoted in the Financial Times and how you felt. Uh, I was very vocal on social media about what, what was happening in the market. Um, I spoke to Sky News. I spoke to um, several journalists from the BBC and uh, FT. But one particular FT journalist said, look, we're doing quite a big piece on this. Can you just... It actually tweeted me and said, um, can I have your number? Uh, I just really want to know what's going on. So I was like, yeah, call me. So they went, right, what is going on in the mortgage market? And I just went... Got to be honest, it's fucking carnage. It's fucking <laughs> carnage. And I just went on a rant for about half an hour. He said, well, can we send a photographer over? I was like, what, what do you need a photographer for? I, I'm in the, okay, look, I'm in the city. You can, well, I said, well, we, we can't get one tonight. Can we send one to your home? I was like, a bit extreme, but yeah, okay. Um, eventually found one that came to my home, spent 40 odd minutes taking photos. Didn't use my photo. Um, <laughs> instead, they used uh, quite an old, quite depressed guy in the photo, uh, which people actually thought was me, which is because we got the same glasses and thought, oh, there's a sad old guy. That must be, must be ads. Um, uh, to be fair, you taking a picture, guy, talking about the depression. The well, no, market. I remember saying to the photographer, I said, well, I'm not going to smile. I love smiling on photos, but I was like, this one, obviously, is not the time to smile, so um, I didn't, but they didn't use my photo, and I, I had, to, Laura was like, We've, listen, they've made a song and dance over getting a photographer around, can you find out why, I went, listen, there's a number of reasons, Laura, and I'm not sure I really want to ask, I'm not sure I want to find out, because I don't think I'm going to like the answer, and I asked the guy, I went, oh, it's a spacing issue, I, you're lying for your teeth, son, but, you know, fair enough. That's, <laughs> you know, thanks for radio. That's fine. Uh, so, um, yeah, it came out on the uh, on the FT weekend, page two, and I was, honestly, I, I would say that's probably easy, easily top three most proudest I've been in my career to be in, in that publication because it, it's... Uh, the FT, isn't it? I mean, oh, mate, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's the pinnacle of what you do. Like, yeah. in, in your industry, FT is 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 the pinnacle of everything what goes on, right? Yeah. Right, so, uh, and there were a lot of people that were trying to play down the carnage and things like that. Sorry, you weren't in the cold face of people ringing you and crying down the phone. You might have owned a firm that has 50 brokers, but you weren't the ones taking the calls of people genuinely worried about their financial health and 
if they were going to have a roof over their heads in a year. So, yeah, it was fucking awful. So I'm really proud of that in my in my career. Yeah, that's that's the top three. Right, it's it's yeah, it's incredible. And I mean, I mean, you were sending me you were sending me the uh, like the articles and things like that, and I was just I was just proud. More Thanks, than anything. Mate. No, honestly, I was just, I was so, no. Hey, Thanks, I, mate. That means so much. No, honestly, I was, I was so proud that, like, we met through a mutual friend, but we, I feel like we, we're close now. We got off, we, we got on very quickly. I think from the, from the off, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. No, wait, 100%. And, like, if you can't be proud of your friends, what are you doing in life? That's, that's, I, I generally look at you. If if you can't be proud of what your friends are achieving, mm. then you 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 don't deserve them friends. You've got the wrong friends. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, and, and again, a lot of people, like people close to me, not naming names, but they've got friends who have never achieved anything in their life. And I'm, I'm I've got a mate who's in financial times. Like it's it's to me it's, no it's it's brilliant. <laughs> it's no it's brilliant. Well thanks. Mate. And then and then when I put a thumbnail up and say like. Guy who was in financial times. It's only once. I mean, it's so, obviously, I'd like to, and this feels like it's getting blown out of proportion. But, um, no, no, but obviously, it's... just that once was very cool, and hopefully, many more times. But uh, the fact that you got in it once shows that you're you're you you know what you're talking about, and you're getting out of there. Mm. So if you if you carry on what you're doing on the trajectory of what you're how you're going. No doubt you'll you'll be you'll be doing stuff like that more in the future. In in my well, eyes. Well, I hope so. I I'd, I've got an idea of where I want to be, in terms of, you know, exposure for my firm and stuff. Because it's very different having your own firm. Self-employed is one thing, but then being self-employed with your own firm, very different. So, uh, like my business partner's very, he hates all that. He's got no interest in it. But we are, as I said, we're very very different people. Mm. And you know, in my in my youth, I did a lot of acting and stuff. So I quite I quite like that side of thing, and not the like acting. Like, I don't act in what I do. I just like I like the limelight a bit. I, yeah. I won't I won't lie about that. I do like the exposure and I like the attention. Um, I, I I was I was definitely an attention seeker when I was younger, and I think to a large degree that still probably stands. And that's hard for me to admit. Really? Yeah. I do it's like the bad, attention. It's not a bad thing, though. But I do get very nervous about bad attention. So, mm. for example, I've never, I've never, I've never done a, a video on LinkedIn uh, and uh, on the main because on a professional capacity, I'm petrified of being vilified or criticised by what I say. Mm. so I might say something where another broker might go you're talking shit and I'll, and I'll go oh my god am I and I'm like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. I need to back myself like, I know my stuff mm. you need to pipe down I will back what I say but it's having that confidence to do that and I I find that very hard but I'm trying to come out more so this is my first podcast which is abundantly obvious um, but I, I'm very conscious of just thinking fuck it like i don't if someone criticized me is that the worst thing in the world there's many reasons why someone might criticize you either like they're not educated in what i'm saying and 
a couple, like everyone goes down the pub. I have so many clients who go, well, you've told me this, but Dave down the pub's told me to do this, so I'm going to go on Dave's advice. Yeah. Okay, well, fucking do what What's Dave's Dave, though? I exactly. cut straight down. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's not the same fucking thing. Uh, so that sort of thing. But then if a, if a peer says it, and I had, I had something on Twitter recently where someone challenged what I was saying, but the the and this was a prediction of what's going to happen in the next few months. Turns out I'm complete so far. Ninety percent of what I'm saying is actually panning out. Mm. So I can really, when it actually happens on one particular point, I am going to absolutely go back on him. Not aggressively, <laughs> but you know, just basically go, "You were wrong. I was right." <laughs> and I, I I have a I have a real. I need to be right all the time. I have a real thing on being right. That's that's not necessarily bad. You said you you know your stuff. Right, be be vocal about what you know. There's always going to be people who disagree with you. Always going to be people. It's so hard for me to understand that, Frankie, because being the people pleaser, I want everyone to agree and like what I'm saying. I find it so hard Mm. when someone doesn't agree with me or doesn't like me or or challenges what I say. It's really. What, why? Why are I? I have no, no idea. I just, I just, I, I find it, I find it terrifying. Is there? Have you always been like that? Uh, well, when I was younger, doing, so I was in the West End. I did a film. I did like a TV series. I didn't mind so much then. But then, as I grew up and got more into my teens and you're in that kind of teenage angst and there's you know it becomes more political people started maybe criticizing a few things and up until that point I was like no you're doing great you know everything every you you you, you I had I had such a supportive mother and brother and family that everything that I was doing was like no you're doing amazing and I was like brilliant and then you're put in an environment where you don't have that support network and people are like, who the fuck are you? Mm. No, no, what you're saying, shit, and they're making fun of you like, this is the most terrifying thing. So, um, I don't know, maybe it stems from that. I've, I've no idea what it stems from, yeah. but it's always, I mean, I'm 38, so nearly 39, so I, I should be past that, but I'm not, it's still there, but, I know I need to get out of my comfort zone and I think that it doesn't matter how old you are or what you've done in your life, there's always a level of comfort zone that you need to push beyond. I don't think you can be at any level of success that there's something that you're, that's outside of your comfort zone. Mm. There must be. Yeah. In, every, in whatever level you are. But it's finding what that is, what you're comfortable with and pushing those boundaries. So me doing this and and kind of being more vocal on putting my head above the parapet is something I'm very uncomfortable with. But if it goes right, I'll love it. If it goes wrong, I'm going to fucking hate it. But what what the terms it going wrong? Someone said that like that. Criticisms. But but you're wrong. Look at his chubby little face. You know, so it doesn't matter. Criticism. I hate criticism. But why? 
Uh, because it feels like an attack on me, literally me. So I, I find it very hard. I found it very uncomfortable. And it plays on my mind. Should I have said this differently? But I'm learning that for the 100 people I said it to, 99 people liked it. That one person didn't. Why would I then change what I said to placate, placate that guy? It doesn't make any sense. So it, it doesn't make any sense. The It's like a, I don't know. It, it 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 is what it is. I just need to get past that point of feeling uncomfortable with it. I think everybody who everybody who strives for something more than the average has an ego and a certain amount of ego which doesn't like people saying they're wrong. Yeah. But I also think people who strive for more know the path they're on. So if if somebody turns around and says, you're wrong, and you get criticised, I think that will drive you. Like, you, you couldn't have got, you couldn't have started your own business without yeah. people turning around and saying, you can't do it. Oh, if someone tells me they can't, I can't do something. But that's criticism. Because uh, I don't think you no, can do that's, it. No, that's a little different. Okay, there's criticism, then there's ridicule. Mm. Actually, there is very, that's very different. So someone's saying, you can't do that. I'm like, are you fucking joking? Of course I fucking can. But, but, but the reason but why... But then if they make fun of me... Oh, mate, I, I, really? I, 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 I just... That levels me. I, I hate... Anyone who makes... Because I take so much pride and, and seriousness in what I do, mm. if someone takes the piss, in, and I don't know you, so... I can take banter from anyone that I know. That's fine, to, obviously, to a degree. But um, if I don't know you and you're ridiculing what I'm saying, mm. I, I, I turn to jelly. I hate but it. But why do you care if you don't know them? They don't know you, you don't know them. Right, right okay. Uh, put it this way. Put this way in, in, in the polit- political terms. You've got Labour, you've got Conservative. Both think they're right. Both are completely different. But in their head, they're both completely right. So what you're saying, you're you're right. But what somebody else is saying it's is also completely right. different, different. But it's right in their head. Yeah. So why does that bother you? Because in their head, they're right. But in your head, you're right. And as you said, the the ninety percent of what you've said before is playing out. So what's the matter with this? Say. Like? like if you know, you know you're logical. There is there is a situation in my head. But every time I might give that example, it plays over in my mind. And it was at school. It was one of the first lessons of a new school. And it was a brand new class. And the teacher asked the question. I, I actually remember the question. Where is Epsom's old train station? Random. And I said, oh, it's there. And some guy, bear in mind, it's a new class. No one knew anyone. Said, that's where the new, that's where the current station is, you twat. <laughs> and the, the whole class laughed <laughs> at me. And this is when you're 13 and everyone's nervous. And I was the subject of that ridicule. And... Every time I, I say about not being comfortable, that thought pops into my mind. That situation. Maybe it's from there. 
but that's what pops into my head. So what is that kid doing now? He makes pizza. Own business? Yeah. From what I from what I hear. So successful. Uh, I don't know how successful. I've no idea. I I've got no malice or or ill. But what, will what, to the but guy. what was, is, we were 13 year old kids and he thought that was a funny thing to say but we're now what 25 years on and i still think about it but what i'm saying is is would you rather your life or his life i don't know enough about his life but even if i didn't i love my life i've got a, a wi-fi door and two children that mean the world to me so so his comment at 13 as worried you, but you still prefer your life to yeah, his life. Of course life. I do. But but what but what I'm saying is 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 <laughs> is your whole your whole thing of worrying about what people say is from some. I don't like, know if that's the one thing that stemmed from that. I don't know if that's the one thing. The, so, it's the one thing that I always remember. So the reason I'm saying this is is so Denise, who come in it before finds the part what's holding you back and helps you get through that. Now, I'm not knowing near as, as good as her, but that sounds like that's the part what's holding you I back. I feel like doing this, actually, genuinely, I am, I'm accepting of the fact that I will get a lot of ridicule, mainly from my mates, who will find, probably find a lot of things I'm saying very cringeworthy. And do you know what? I'm all right with that. So uh, You're progressing. Charlie... You can pipe down. I know. <laughs> Needs to be doing that. Uh, but in all seriousness, there are a lot of people that will find this very cringeworthy because there's jovial, jokey Adam that they've known for many years and then there's me trying to be serious and talk about work and they'll find those two quite hard to... Yeah, and I, I feel that's with me. As I said to you earlier, my missus and my mum both don't like my intro at all so i know they're going to be wait to see this i can't hold on is this the jingle because i really like the jingle by the way what jingle you you sent me a jingle to what this was going to be yeah oh hold on is this the sit back relax yeah 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 i love it my missus and my mum hate it absolutely hate it and they're the two closest people to me but what i was saying is is there's always going to be people who don't like never You will never make everyone happy. Never. And in many ways, that's what makes life so fucking great. 100%. And another reason why I do this is it's good therapy. Yeah. Sitting there chatting shit, it's good therapy. Yeah. I've got a lot of my chest. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> that, that dark image of school, I've never, ever said to anyone in my entire <laughs> life, ever. Yeah. But I feel good for saying it because it makes me feel... It's nothing. Doing this, doing... Yeah. You know, I, I can get... I can feel I can get out there and it makes it smaller you get yeah. it off your chest it's smaller it makes it feel like nothing and you think when you say it out loud it's like yeah it's not it's not actually that bad but where I am I'm as a as a 38 the scariest thing is either doing or saying it but once you've done it yeah the, the weight's off a little bit so. I'm just, uh, uh, yeah mate, I loved it this is like therapy mm. to me there's lots of people in my industry that are very vocal on social media and they've been doing it for five fucking minutes, don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and it pisses me off like you wouldn't believe. Mm. But fair play for them for taking that step to do it 
and that's more than I have done so far. So in many ways that's driven me because I'm like, if those clowns who don't know what they're talking about are doing that, I'm sure I can probably add a bit of value. Yeah. Yeah, I look at it as in uh, Tom Skinner, the the the. Uh, do you know Tom Skinner? He was on the Apprentice. The name rings a bell. Yeah, he was on Apprentice. I mean, he knows what he's about. Oh, was that the, done... the Bosch thing? Yeah, the Bosch beds or whatever it is. That's it. He's done, he's done really well for himself. I'm not not knocking him at all. But that's not my personality at all. Do you know him? No, I don't know. You know people who know him, though, right? No. Really? Don't We're know. in Essex. Everyone knows each other. <laughs> I don't know him. That really surprises me. If I asked about a white, oh, I'm sure I, you would. But I don't. It, right. So me from being from Surrey, moving to Essex, the one thing I learned about Essex was everyone fucking knows each other. Really? It's mental. It's insane. How? That's every area, though, no? No. Essex is so weird with this. So weird. The everyone grew up with each other. Everyone knows a cousin of some. It's it's nuts. I think. Essex is a very homely county and people from Essex don't tend to move out of Essex. Mm. Whereas for every other county... I'm not originally from Essex, though. Where are you from? Like my, my family are all East London and I got brought up in Spain. So I, I, I'm not... Well, you're not fucking Spanish, are you? Hey. That's, that's, that's Italian there, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, but I, I mean... My... A lot of people Where I'm would not... You, if someone said... Never met you before. Where are you from? You're still going to say Essex, aren't you? It's hard because I'm very... I'm all over the place. Like, my family are very much rooted in East London. Very much rooted in East but London. But going country. further back, Italy, right? Uh, going further back, Sicily, yeah. yeah. So, um, um, Sicil- Sicilian, Irish. Sicilian, Irish, English. That's that's the three nationalities of me. Uh, Italian, English, and Irish. That's that's the percentage of my blood, right? So, if you say you say what are you? I'm 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 Italian, English. I've got Irish in me. But if you ask where I'm from, my memories are from growing up in Spain. Like, really? really? Oh yeah, hundred percent. When I even when I moved back to England, we still went to Spain a lot. So right. my my whole upbringing for me was Spain, but if I've got to put that in, where are you from in England? When I was in England, we lived in Essex, but my dad's businesses were in in London, so I was always in London with my dad. So it's kind of like I don't I can't really give a straight answer. Like I'm not I'm not Essex. I'm not Spanish. I'm not. Do you have lower Spanish? Yeah, poco, poco Spanish. Sí. Okay. I actually could speak Spanish. Before I can speak English, really? Yeah, yeah. But because I've been back here for so long, I've never like I've never had to keep it up. That it's just it's gone completely. I had the same thing with Malay. Malay? Yeah. What's Malay? Malaysian. Oh, really? Yeah. So my my brother's dad. Uh, we spent maybe three years in Brunei. Hmm. And we went to Malaysia a lot, and I was I I basically was in a Malay school for three years, so I learnt Malay. So my mum used to pick me up in the checkout at the at the uh, shop at uh, the um, supermarket and ask me to translate. Can't remember a fucking word. But it's but again, people don't like when you say you could speak a language, people just automatically assume you can remember it. You can't. No. 
I mean, we we going back like thirty, well, thirty five years. Yeah, but like, I, I see words and I kind of recognise them. But so, so I I did GCSE Spanish, and then we went to Bolivia on a school trip for five weeks, yeah. and I started thinking in Spanish and dreaming in Spanish. That was fucking weird. <laughs> and apparently that is when you, you you're like going through the throes of being fluent yeah. i don't think i was near fluency but well i wasn't but to start thinking in numbers of it was just so weird it was very weird to to start thinking in uh so talking about a different language dreaming a different language what i find bad is this definitely happened with my grandparents so i mean i might be corrected here but if you got brought up watching a black and white TV, you dream in black and white. What about what you've been watching, or no, no, no. like you're so my nan and granddad, and other people I spoke to on who, who are of a certain age, dream in black and white. Not not they dream the TV programs they've been watching, but how does that work? Because it's know. not it's not like you're. Beyond that point, there wasn't colour. So why would they? No idea. My nan and granddad dreamed in black and I'm white. I'm going to have to Google this because that sounds... Oh, it's pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty bollocks. But they they 100% dreamed in black and white. That sounds nuts. Because otherwise you're then inferring that dreams... Because you're, all your dreams are influenced by TV. But if you're watching something consistently then that is the route your brain might take Let, let's face it we've all had some pretty pretty weird dreams um i've never dreamt of black and white no that that is quite but my that, granddad i mean that, that there's i'm sure there's scientific studies on something like that there must be yeah, so i said like, I've, ne- I've never looked at it past what my nan and granddad have said and, and someone else said it as well but yeah, they they joined to black and white. Well, I'm gonna go because we we're, we're kind of going that way. So I just wanna I'm gonna throw a couple of the questions to you. Do you believe in ghosts or UFOs or aliens? Yeah, both. You do. Hundred percent. Now we're we're properly going Joe Rogan now, aren't we? Go for it. <laughs> go for it, June. Oh yeah, yeah. Both. So my when growing up, where where everyone would be like a police officer or a doctor, I wanted to be a paranormal psychologist. That's the first job I ever wanted to do. <laughs> and my friend Chris, my best friend like in the world, Chris, uh, it, I wanted him to be my assistant. Why Chris? Because he was my best friend since I've been six. And Did he believe in ghosts as well? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, his, <laughs> his house was properly haunted. Why? Um, so, that okay, there were so many weird things happened in his house. So... Um, no one smoked in the house, but on occasion you could smell cigars. And there was a guy who lived there before, a very old guy who smoked cigars. Now, that could be explained by, I don't know, maybe his dad liked a cheeky cigar. I've no idea. Mm. That could explain it. But you would leave batteries on certain, in between doorways that were flat. Overnight they were charged just by being on the doorways. Now, go, the reason I say that is not just randomly putting batteries in the middle of doorways. There were four children. So you had Chris, Louise, Sally, and Gemma. And at a certain age, uh, they would talk to each other. They'd go, oh, I'm, I'm playing with someone like who? 
and they would describe the same person every so their age gap is i think 15 years mm. between the the youngest and the oldest but they always describe the same person mm. but ne- obviously you can't go by the way when i was your age i used to talk to a little girl who did x you wouldn't say that to a three no, yeah, yeah. because it's not a conversation but they always saw the same person Jeez. over 15 years uh, and th- so there was an old guy who used to smoke and uh, i think a, a girl that yeah very odd so I, his house was quite haunted have you seen something i have yeah what uh, i was in it i was uh in israel and i was in a room with my mum and my brother because we we're staying at someone's house and uh i woke up and i saw a really old lady carrying some books um and it it was it was odd because like she was there then she moved and i i wasn't scared but it was obviously <laughs> it was how old was I? I was probably 10 or 11 mm. and after i saw her i don't remember anything that happened that night i woke up the next day and the whole room I so my mum said I'd got up in the night, tried opening doors that weren't there, and I trashed the room in my sleep. And for many years from that night, I had I, I used to do a lot of sleepwalking. After that, yeah, of seeing I and I, I yeah I can picture now this old lady that was carrying some books. Very odd. Did did she did you feel like she made you get up at all or did you not if you just sent her with books i could see her there but what what why 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 would you then sleepwalking after that do you know what i mean like, like did she get make I've, you get up i've no idea Jeez. i've no idea i pushed over a bookshelf and she was carrying in the books. middle of the night i don't know why but my mum was terrified she says like you, you you weren't you like you were just walking around and it, it was yeah so it was she very odd. like got into you type thing oh no i wasn't possessed or anything. i don't think i was possessed well now you're saying now oh, i don't think so well she was carrying books and you pushed her on a bookshelf <laughs> no I'm, I'm not taking a piss yeah, but i mean maybe like... she wanted me to read well and i didn't want to fucking read a book <laughs> no no i'm not taking a piss but like it's strange isn't it yeah is that the only one you've seen uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd like to think I'd know of others. What about you? You ever seen any? Um, 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 whether people believe me or not, I think I see a lot, all, a lot of time. Go on. Or what do you mean all the time? If if there's a presence, you people? if it, you fucking say like six cents now. Um, yeah. If if there's a presence, then yeah, I I I, I will see. You 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 got to remember. I, do I've you got, feel one now down here? Uh, this would be a perfect room for a seance, by the way. Probably, probably. No, there's upstairs is is where where they are. But I, you got to remember, I've got Italian Irish blood in me, which is both Italian very, very, very superstitious. Oh God, yeah. And Irish is very, very prone to obviously seeing seeing things. Um, it. I mean, it. 
going back to even before I remember, my we was, I was three, four years of age. We had a brand new BM, was in uh, Spain, literally brand spanking new. Three, six months old, something like that. We're driving through Spain, and I just remember when car broke. My mum went, car, you know about cars not broke? I was like, a car, car broke. Just all I could say is car broke. I was like, it's brand How old were you? Three, something like that. I was a toddler. I was, well, I was, was going to say, if you're in your 20s, then that's all you could say. Yeah, it's weird. Um, anyway, about three miles on, car, car broke down, right? I used to sit at my back door in my mum and dad's old house. And I used to just look out in the garden, pitch black garden, to the point where my brothers would refuse to babysit me because they thought they were saying, <laughs> and I used to just sit there staring, like, oh my god, watching things out there. Um, Frankie, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, like it's, it's my one of my older brothers, whose mum is 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 a like gypsy. He he's seen a lot of things as well. So, like, we quite relate in, in that sense. Um, but he didn't want to babysit you? No, he's not the one who... He was. He didn't babysit me at all. He was doing his own thing. Right. My my younger brothers, who are 16 and 17 years older than me, so my older brothers are even older than them. So, yeah, them two never wanted to babysit me. Um, I had quite a weird, bad experience in my room once, or over a number of years. Not like noises, things were happening. I was waking up with scratches on my back. You can ask my missus this. 100% you can ask my missus. Woke up one day with handprints on my chest, but I couldn't replicate the handprints. I took a picture of her. I was on my own. I could not repli- I could not put my hands in the same position. That it was like that, but I couldn't... My hand don't move in a way that them... To line up with it, right? So it was like something was pushing me down. Um, I used to be trying to go to sleep, like, you know, in my ear, constantly. I used to, I, I used to read a lot of books. My um, bookmark was constantly put in the bin. I used to put a book down, put it on the side. Wake up that's more irritating than anything. Oh, fucking very irritating. Just trying to find the page. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking joking. Like, do something else. <laughs> like, like, it was all, like, loads of things like that. And then one night, I dreamed of my granddad. And uh, I didn't know. I, so there's very, very minimal pictures of my granddad. There's, there's, there's two pictures of my granddad I've ever seen in my entire life, right? As in Derby? Yeah. Right. Um... So, so Derby was essentially two people. So Derby was Charles and Frank Sabini. Frank's my granddad. Charles is was the one who originally was Derby. After the war, Derby got put into the central camp during the war. After the war, Frank took over, and a lot of stuff what he done got contributed to Derby. So, my granddad was Frank Sabini. Mm-hmm. There's only two pictures of my my granddad I've ever seen, and I never see one when I was younger. I dreamt about this guy. Looking after me in a, in a like just looking after me. I told my dad about it the next day. I was like, it sounds like my, like my old man. I got a picture out. We went through the, the shed, found like a picture deep down, got it out. I was like, that is literally, I've never seen that picture before. That is the guy in I'm, your head. In my, yeah, well, I dreamt about. 
And then after that, all the stuff in my bedroom stopped, stopped happening. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mad, isn't it? But then I've had, I've had, like, I've seen stuff here. Like, yeah, what have you seen here? So, because I feel like we're the only ones in the building, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what's the time? It's, it's yeah, 20 to 10. Yeah. We're, Is it? Yeah. Oh, fine. You ain't gonna get back, have you? No, but like, you know, it's all good. Sure? Yeah, yeah. Miss, you gonna tell you? This will be edited, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I was about half six one night. I was at my desk while Mitch was on today, sitting there. It's about half six. Um, in a corner of my eye. So you know how the desk is, like the the computer sit. Yeah, the yeah. desk is like a round desk. You're sitting there, and then you have got like a doorway there, and then another doorway after. Be you got like a stationary cupboard in between. So in the corner of my eye, in the other office, someone was standing there. But. It was obviously in the corner of my eyes. So I was like, it's fucking weird. And it was still there. And I was like, I'm the only one in the office. So I've looked up, looked straight at it, five seconds. Like, it felt like ages, but it could only have been five seconds max, right? With someone just standing there. I couldn't see the face. The face was quite, like, blurred. But I could see an outline of a head, outline of a figure. Their arms were like that, just like, staring straight at me and then just gone like literally just disappeared did you feel fear or just nothing that was weird absolutely nothing i felt calm in in a weird situation i felt calm right so there's a there's a there's a woman on instagram called sister of the moon if you don't follow her follow us fucking unbelievable sister of the moon yeah very spiritual um does a lot of readings, but also connects to a lot of past ghosts, things like that, right? So I sent her a video of the office everywhere. Down, this basement, ground floor, first floor. I see, distinctly I see a man, right? This office is also built in the Victorian times. She doesn't know any of that. Yeah. She comes straight back to me and went, on the ground floor in that office, I see a man from the Victorian times. Who you've seen. Who I see. How does she know that if I sent her a video and she doesn't know anything about the office? Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's things like that. What did she say about this room? No, nothing down here. Hmm. Nothing down here. But upstairs, the top level, she said, very active. A lot of going on. But you got to think, this used to be an doctor surgery. Oh, awesome. Right, now <laughs> it all makes sense. Right, so okay. this used to be an old doctor surgery built in the 1800s. Brilliant. Yeah. So, like, there's got to be stuff here, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so I see that. I mean, one of the worst ones I ever see. I was in the Labrooks in uh, Wimbledon. I wasn't expecting those words to... That was the we, most terrifying I used to live thing. in Wimbledon. Uh, Is it the Labrooks that's been there for, like, forever? I don't know, probably. I don't know. So I, what did you see in there? Most terrifying time of my life. Really? Terrifying. So I, so my mate, uh, the drainage company, don't, I don't really talk to him anymore, but he's dad has a drainage company. He said to me, Frankie, can you come do a night shift with me? I'll pay you X amount of money. Go and do a night shift. Literally got to pump out. The, the basement's flooded. We'll just pump it out. And then like the guys in the morning just go do the rest. I said, yeah, no worries, mate. It's all, all good. So I've gone there. The basement was 
halfway up the stairs, but the layout was if you go down the basement, you had this sort of section here, then you go round, and then you had a bit more of the basement that way. But there's a wall in between, sort of, you couldn't really see that corner because there's a wall coming down there. So he about we got there about 10 o'clock about half 11 he was like right i'm gonna go out and get a bit of food for us mcdonald's i think something like that um he's like you're all right I was like, yeah sweet go on go out he's gone out the cleaners turned up so i'm i'm sitting you know in like lab you've got the the glass what the the cashier yeah. type, it will sit behind. i'm sitting behind there all the pumps are working it's all pumping out Cleaners turned up, started hoovering, hoovering, whatever, doing doing whatever they're doing, right? Um, small sort of Hispanic guy, Latina guy, just hoovering on, say hello, hello, that's it, fine, whatever. I already think I know where this is going. He left, my mate come back with the foot. Went, oh, um, God. Went, oh, <laughs> I know exactly where this is going. Yeah, he went, all good. I was like, yeah, mate, yeah, fucking cleaner turned up, like, all, all good. He was like, oh, right. yeah, no, no, he went, oh, sweet, fair enough. Didn't think nothing of it, right? So then we got to near the end of the night where all the water was pumped out. He's put bags on his legs to then go in the last bit of water to walk around the corner of a torch to find out where the leak's coming from. I already had an uneasy feeling for some reason. Don't know why, but I had a really uneasy feeling. So I thought, I'm going to stand at the top of the stairs. Bear in mind, the stairs went right down into the basement, and the only way out was obviously the top of the stairs. So I was like, I'm just going to, st- I'm going to stand here. So he's gone down. Just as he went to put his foot in the water, we heard a, like a plop, and then a really evil laugh. Like, really evil. Right. Oh God! And as 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 fucked as this sounds, I swear to God, may may I die tomorrow? This honestly happened. He looks back at me at the top of the stairs. And went, what, what was that? What did you do? I went, I didn't. I was like, I, I literally, I didn't do anything. Like, I'm top of the stairs, like saying splashing the water. Like, what the fuck Around was that? There. Yeah. And he was like, mate, I don't feel right. I was like, mate, fuck it, just come back up. So we he run back up the stairs. All of a sudden, we felt dread and terror, just absolute terror. She's like, "Mate, I'm packing this up. We're going on. Fuck this. I'm, I'm, I'm not staying here, right?" <laughs> so we've literally packed everything up. I'm behind the like the, the the glass, the cashier bit, while he's like taking things out to the car. All of a sudden, he's like, "What the fuck?" Turn around and went, "Mate, did you just touch me on the shoulder?" I'm behind the glass. I was like, "Mate, I'm behind the glass. I've not done anything. I'm literally packing this stuff up here." Got out, got in the car. We both just felt so like dread, like absolute dread. Couldn't explain the terror what we felt. Right, drove home, talking about like kind of played it down in our head, like oh fucking hell, like that's that's must have just been like nothing kind of thing. The next day, he turned around to the like the contract manager or whatever, and the contract was like, oh like everything go right kind of things like. Yeah, he went, we thought, like, it was a bit, like, the ghosts or whatever. Like, he went, it was really horrible. It was like, oh, yeah, like, some people apparently see things there. And then my mate went, yeah, you could have told us, like, the uh, the cleaner was coming. Oh, sorry, sorry, didn't even say this bit. As we was packing up and we shit ourselves, all of the machines and the TVs started coming on. 
So all the fruit machines just come on. So like, no, like when they make noises, not just come on, making yeah, that's noises crazy. at us, right? Yeah. Been off all night. So we shit, obviously shit ourselves even more. Fucked off. Next day we, oh, you could have said the cleaner was like come that time of night. We, but I don't have a cleaner. <laughs> I thought that's where you go, but that's still fucking creepy. Nothing, nothing weird about it at all. But there was no cleaner. Mate, oh my God, that was the most strict. Like even now, like, I, I, I see a lot all the time, and my missus is quite sensitive to it as well. So like, if there's things what's going on, one of us will pick pick that up. It's yeah, it's fucked. So I've got a cousin that literally sees dead people. Mm. So she just as part of that and she she she's a nurse yeah so she sees people I, I don't know it's just they're all very odd yeah all very odd like that's um, yeah I, 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 I've always believed in that sort of stuff always I've got if you if you saw my bookshelf mm. it's filled with have you ever heard of the 14 times no that is about like paranormal, the weird, the wonderful, the yeah, all of that stuff about like Bigfoot or aliens or that sort of stuff. I grew up with that. My granddad used to subscribe to that. I've got stuff from like the sixties from really? the Georgian times, yeah. Lots of stuff like that. So do you believe aliens then? Yeah. I don't see how we can be on a planet with a universe that big, statistically, it's impossible that we are yeah. on our own. Yeah. And the, actually, if you look at uh, Congress in the US, there is more. Um, in fact, Barack Obama even said, "There's stuff we can't explain." Mm. So these UFOs are literally UFOs because they're not us. Mm. We can't explain them. So there's sort of like the Tic Tac video and. Uh, there are a lot of videos that naval pilots have said that there's no way, there is no technology on this planet that should be able to do that, and it defies the laws of physics. It's anti-gravity. Mm. And there's things that go underwater at the same speed as air. So there's submersible things as well. Have you seen the Bob Lazar uh, documentary? No. Have you not? I've, I know Bob Lazar, but I've not seen his documentary. It's on Netflix. What's it called? Oh, is this uh, Ancient um, ancient Apocalypse? No, that's um, Graham Hancock. Yes, that was it. Graham Hancock, uh, Ancient Apocalypse. Really, really, really good. Really yeah. good. I love that shit. I love so that stuff. So I, I've always, always said since I was a kid that there was a... I believe there was a race of people who was before us who had the technology what we can't possess. Look in South America, where they've cut those blocks of stone. And it's e there's not even anything now that could cut stone that well. This is like 2,000 years ago. So Mad. I, th there's definitely civilizations we've never, we, we don't know anything about because they're any evidence of them has been erased. What I find fascinating is Oxford University started at the same time as the Aztecs. Mad. It's incredible. Like, when you look at that ancient apocalypse, 
and they start going the, the timelines. I've only watched the first episode of that. Okay. Which was the Indonesian yeah, yeah, island. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's mad itself. Which were, they, you know, built human that. history was 4000 BC, but they can go 9600 BC. Yeah, mate. It's, so the second episode is about um, a pyramid in Mexico which is the biggest pyramid ever built, right? So I'm not going to spoil it for you. But uh, when you start looking at the timelines, as you said, like Oxford was the same time as the Aztecs and things like that. It's actually incredible how different, like, like where we are as a, but as a race. If you think about this logically, where we're in 2022 and the Romans were in 0 BC, how can you say that humans started only 4,000 yeah. years before that. So we're only 6,000 years in. How? There's no... no. Logically, that out, out of what, what, 2 million years? Out of what? Out of nothing. We're now like, you know... It, it just doesn't, it doesn't... It doesn't make sense. So I... And by the way, the, <laughs> obviously, the, the, the more we're going, the more you can tell we've been drinking. Definitely. <laughs> Half a bottle down. I watched a video, um, a YouTube video a little while ago, or years ago, and it said after, oh, I can't remember what it said, like 100,000 years or something, there's, if we if we disappear today, it might have even been 100,000 years ago, but after a certain amount of time, there will be no trace of our civilization whatsoever. Like, our nuclear plants would break down, the nuclear material would then sort of neutralise, the buildings we've built would then obviously disintegrate and go back into the earth and, and things like that, everything. And it wasn't a lot of time at all. Hmm. So if you look at how long our world has been around, like earth has been around, how on earth can you turn around and say there couldn't have been anything before us? Because, well, yeah, to say that we've been around for 6,000 years, nuts. It's ridiculous. Of course it's nuts. I think they've only just found a, a sixth extinction event. So, I mean, that's going way... Like, it, it would, when was it? Like in 1900 that someone said everything that has been invented has already been invented. So, you know, to say that we know... You, I don't think we'll ever know everything because that's impossible. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think historically, scientifically, it, it, it's it's a nonsense to think that we'll know everything. Yeah, 100%. Apart from my old man, I don't really look up to anyone else. But you've read Branson books, though. I've read Branson books, but there's a lot I don't agree with, with okay. Branson. A lot I don't agree with. I've read Alan Sugar's book. There's a lot I don't agree with him. But again, I, I, I respect them. I 100% respect them as, as, as business people. 100% respect them. As things they believe in, not so much. Um, I've I've read a lot of books on a lot of people and I respect... Oh, I've, I've got an old boss who I used to work for and I respect him. Unbelievably respect him as a business person. I think he's a prick. Um, so, like, to respect somebody as a business person and then like him as a person is completely different. 
And the fact that you can actually differentiate between the two is testament to yourself because there's two different people there. There is. And, and I mean, have you ever worked with somebody where you can't stand them while you're at work, but you can have a beer with them after and you get on with them? Oh, yes. So my first guy in mortgages, he was the most charismatic person you'll ever meet. Horrible, horrible director. But my God, you could have a beer with him after. But at the same time, largely made me the broker I am today mm. in how he deals with, how he dealt with any problem or deal that went on your desk and how you brought in deals. My business partner constantly says, oh my God, you're, you're him. And it's, it's both flattering and scary that that's the case but we we went our different ways for a large amount of reasons because he wasn't anyway the point is loved him as a person to go for a beer with but not as a not as a business leader and and that's probably why i can separate the two like there's people i've worked with i can't stand working with but as a friend i really like them like, if you judge everybody on how they are at work, I don't think you like anybody. I I think that's testament to you that you can do that. I can't do that. Really? I, I feel that irrespective of environment, you are who you are. And I find that very, very hard. And that, I, that is probably one of my biggest weaknesses. I mean... And I have many... <laughs> But that is a big one. I just find it very hard to, if you're going to be horrible to me, horrible to me in that environment, and then nice to me over a beer, mm-hmm. you're dead to me. I, I can't. But why are they being horrible to you in that, that environment? I get the best know. out of you. I don't know, Frankie. But any time that you are, well, well, there's no good. Re- so go about it a different way. Okay. So. I put it back to hockey. I had a coach. Absolute prick to me. Like, I'll make a mistake and he absolutely ruined me. Like, made me feel like I couldn't even be a goalie. Right? Obviously, a hockey goalie. I think I know where this advice is going. And, and, and I'm always hardest on the people that I'm... It made me better. Yeah. He, he, he made that, me a better I've had goalie. that as well. You're always hardest on the people you see the most potential in. Is that what he said? Uh, he never said that to me. Okay. He literally never said that to me. And the last time I ever played for him, the last, so I went for a So whole, what was his explanation for it? Oh, no, never had one. Never, never had one. And you feel all right with that? No closure? I didn't like him for a long time. I needed a Tyler. And then real, what? I need, he's a Tyler by trade. Oh, that one, this is not going where I thought it was going. <laughs> I um, I rang him up because I needed a Tyler because my mate said he's a Tyler. Rang him up. We had a good chat. No explanation. Had a good chat man to man. Like, A, doing all that. Realised how much of a nice person he was. And then after that chat, I realised how much of a better person he made me by being who he was. I had a game. I, I played a whole season without losing a single game. A whole season. Right. So, like the Arsenal Invincibles? Yes, but 
the games I didn't play, we lost. So I'm a goalie. If I got if another goalie went in, we end up losing. But I played a whole season without okay. without losing. Right? The team lost, I never lost. The last game of the season we played Isle of Wight, which anyone listening who knows hockey, Isle of Wight is a notoriously hard ring to play at. It's tiny. The Isle of Wight. Isle of Wight. Hardest ring to play at. It's very, very small, apart from gospel. It's very, very small. They can shoot from anywhere. It's a hard ring. I've always had a good game at Isle of Wight. He put a backup goalie on. The backup goalie had a stormer. Absolute stormer of a game. Played unbelievable. Because we travelled to the Isle of Wight, he went to play half and half. Put me on second half. I had a shitter. I had the worst game of my life. I let four goals. We ended up losing 4-2. Right? I had absolute shitter. Hated him ever since. Got off the ice. Ruined me. Fucking ruined me. Like, basically, slagged me off. Told him I didn't want to go in. Slagged me off. He put me in because he thought he was doing the right thing. He'd done the wrong thing, but it's fine. We had a chat after. I looked back at it. And it made me realise that he put me in because he was trying to do me a favour. He knew he made a mistake. Didn't Obviously, he didn't ever say sorry or whatever. But as a person, he was such a nice guy. I know he never meant to fuck me up. He fucked me up because I lost. But I know he never meant to do it. When we spoke, he never had any malice against me. But I, in my head for these years, I always turned around for... You thought he did? Yeah. But he didn't. And then that's when I realised, what you do at work, you make mistakes. What you do in your personal life, that's who you really are. Okay, but, okay, what you've... I mean, that's phenomenal, Frankie. Like, you've... You've written... So someone who was that hard on you at that point, and then... Keep bloody doing that. That needs to go. Right. That's very interesting. It was hard, man, the whole season, right? Again, I never lost a single yeah, game that season. Like, it goes back to them being hard on somebody they can see potential in. Very, very possibly. He never said that to me. Never said it to me. And I never reached my potential in hockey. Never, never, never reached my potential in hockey at all. Never lost a game that season. He, we, are, I had a backup who was a young kid. Good kid, don't get me wrong, good kid. Not my level at that point, but he was a good kid. Then brought in an older goalie who was a lot older than me, who played at a very, very, very high level, but again, was not on my level. Without being like beginning about it, I was, at a certain point, I was very good at what I'd done. That annoyed me, because he brought in another goalie. So it's three goalies. Normally you only have two. There's three goalies at our level, right? And that pissed me off. But, looking back at it now, it made me better. Mm. It made me... This guy who, who played at a very, very, very high level, I knew he wasn't on my level. So what did I do? I stepped up. I played even better. I I made sure I was the best goal in the league. By far. There's no my first game for him, I let in the very first shot very first shot of the game. We'd be in the first twenty seconds. That was my very first game for him. After that I become the best goal I could possibly become. I never let in more than three goals in the game, which for ice hockey, it's quite like. It's, well, how many is normal? I mean, don't worry, you can get shut out, you can let in two goals, you can let in three goals, but sometimes you can let in five, six, seven goals. You can let in four goals and still win, seven, four, something like that. 
I never let him three go over three goals the whole season. What I played, I never lost a single game. Why the other one? But I only played half of that, so I don't really count that. But yeah, apart from that that game, and that's what pisses me off as well because that 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 ruined my record kind of thing. But why did I play that well that season? Because he was so harsh on me. Because he made me prove what I'm worth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I had a swimming coach that did did that. He wouldn't. I I I just. So I used to probably train nine times a week swimming. Fucking hell. When I was really young, like that was like the peak. It used to be three or four, and then it got to about nine. But there was a guy who always believed in me. I was just. I and my the the peak of my swimming was. Um, Swimming for Surrey, and this guy was—I I, was—he's one of those people in life, like that guy. Yeah, go on. That uh, that coach who just believed in you, just always backed you, and made you feel just amazing that you could take on the world. Didn't see you. Well, I watched. Um, yeah, he's not with us now, but yeah, you've got people in life that you challenge on. Well, challenge you, but you always remember and just think you were so instrumental in your life. I've got many, many figures in my life that I'm so happy, proud, love that I wouldn't be here today. If it How much did you hate him at that time, though? Um, I wouldn't say loads, actually. Like they, I knew, I knew they were being hard on me for a reason. I mean, don't you know, there were some that were awful, but by and large, most of them were people that I really respected and yeah. actually wanted to almost prove to them that I was as good as they hoped or thought yeah. I could be. But if you if you have that mentality and you train at something and you put everything into it, that mentality will pay off. But if you've got a doubt, it won't pay off. Uh yeah, couldn't agree more. If you if you turn around and say I want to be the best financial broker in, in England, no doubt I think you'll be it. Because you'll put everything into being it. If I'm honest, mate, I already think that I am. I think you are. But that's my own personal opinion. And there's no way of grading that. Financial times. Okay, that helps. <laughs> no, but no, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, for me, it's it's all about mentality. Believe in yourself. Like, I, I will always back me in what I do. Mm. If a client came to me and said, it's between me and 30, 40, 50 brokers. I will I will make it abundantly clear they'll make a mistake by not choosing me. Mm. Shall we uh, conclude this? We can conclude this, yeah. Well, it's like, what, 11 o'clock at night? Yeah, it's getting late, isn't it? It is literally 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> we've literally been, we've been talking for three hours. Uh, no, more, more than that. that. More than that, yeah. Is we, this the longest podcast you've done? By far. We started at half, half six, six, half seven, half eight, half nine, ten, four and a half hours. Holy fuck!
Right. I've got to ask you a question. All right, go on. What advice would you give your, your younger self? Uh, believe in yourself. Back yourself. Ignore the haters. Good advice. Last question. Three favourite movies of all time. Uh, Godfather, um, Lord of War, and uh, Wall Street. Adam, thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Means a lot that you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it.